Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 99, Smokey and the Bandit from 1977. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by the Pontiac Firebird. The Pontiac Firebird is an American automobile built by Pontiac from 1967 to 2002. It was designed as a pony car to compete with the Ford Mustang and Mercury Cougar and was introduced on February 23rd. 1967. Shout out Pontiac. Thank you, Pontiac, for sponsoring this very important episode because the Pontiac under criminally underrepresented in this uh, in lap. this lap, I think, of classic yeah. car movies. I mean, I just feel like, you know, it's all Dodge, it's all Ford, it's all Chevy. This, it's all that, it's all Chevy. Not that my parents have ever had cool cars, but like the cool I don't even remember what car it was, but like my <laughs> mom had a Pontiac that my, my grandparents bought her and her sister a car. I don't know, 15 years ago, well, for 20 years ago, my mom had a Pontiac, and it was a, it was the coolest car that either of them ever had, so shout out Pontiac. You don't remember what it was? Was it a Grand Am? Probably a Grand Am. Yeah. Important to note, before we get to extracurricular activities, we are changing up the format, not really in any way that impacts anyone kind of at all about anything, but put this on Patreon, overwhelmingly, I actually want to see the final tally. Last I saw it was seven Yes, so seven yes, zero no. We've opened a kind of a black hole accidentally. Yes. Uh, the way that our Patreon works at TooFast2Forever.com is if you subscribe there, I was posting the intro half of each episode the day after the previous episode. So you would have, like, you know, episode 98, our Fate of the Furious episode with Brian Silliman came out on Tuesday. Wednesday would have been, two days ago as you're listening to this, would have been the intro for this episode, right? Yeah. We were recording it all as, as I think normal people would an entire episode at a time. So we would record yeah. the intro to Fate of the Furious, back half of Fate of the Furious. And the next time we recorded, we would do the intro to Smokey, back half of Smokey. Yep. And then I was like, I was editing, and it was especially around what really kind of tipped my hand, what really made me, it's something that I was thinking about for a while, but The Rock posting that eight-minute video, Where Are You? You know, calling out Donald Trump, essentially, basically saying we need leadership, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. With so much going on, not that this podcast is ever going to be timely, because we're still only twice a week, but with so much going on in the world, with the fact that we are already recording two times a week, it's easier and maybe more important, even though I don't know if important is the right word, to record the intros closer to when they actually come out. So the emails are closer yes. to the episode. Yes, emails are closer, the news is closer, yeah. our extracurriculars are closer. So instead of like recording on a Wednesday emails and stuff and like, what have you done? That comes out the following Tuesday or recording on a Sunday to come out that Friday. It's now recording two days before. So we're recording this on Wednesday, June 10th, which was just as you're listening to this, maybe like a day and a half ago. Like it's as recent as we can possibly do without me going absolutely crazy and editing like immediately as soon as we finish. So for the outside listener, for the casual listener, nothing will change. Patreon gets now the back half the episodes early which is pretty exciting and that also means that your emails are going to be more timely news is going to be more timely that's a long way of saying nothing's changing but things are better in the black hole you you got around your black hole talk we're recording the smoking the bandit intro but i've already edited and posted on 
Patreon, the Smoking the Bandit conversation. So theoretically, someone could have listened to the Smoking the Bandit episode today and then written in before we record and said, hey, for the discussion that you're about to have, you did not talk about blank. And yes. that's a weird mindfuck, kind of. I mean, don't do that. I guess you can, but don't. No, I mean, it doesn't matter because I know you could address it now before the episode too. So. That's very true. Actually, that's a good thing. So yes, yeah, so if you want the early access too fast too forever.com yeah it's a weird kind of paradox i think it's better overall i mean it's basically the same amount of i mean it's the same amount of editing for me either way yeah it's i think it's going to be better and more fun and more timely and just it's not like we're saying oh uh when does this come out like it's still gonna be it's gonna be even more confusing for you and me to talk about the show i think but because we're recording another half of a different episode today but yeah it is what we'll it is it goes. yeah uh, but anyway joe extracurricular activities what have you been up to since we did this a week ago we haven't we <laughs> and when we did smoky we didn't do the intro so what have you been up to in the last week we had a wonderful time at my birthday watch party for everybody that joined. We haven't talked about that yet. Mm-hmm. We have not talked about it yet. We had a great time. We watched um, Gone in 60 Seconds. A whole bunch of you guys were there, and I thank you. I appreciate it. That was, like, the only thing I wanted for my birthday this year. You know, a lot of people were doing drive-by birthday parties. I know Mr. West was doing or involved in a lot of drive-by birthday parties. Mm -hmm. And so we had a drive-in birthday party. It was always a good time. So it was good talking to you guys. I'm glad that we got to do one. Rachel finally joined for one. She said it was a blast. And when we finished, she was like, you guys should do those more often. I was like, well, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Now that you saw one. It's like if she listened to an episode, be like, oh, that was actually pretty good. It's like, yeah, like there's a reason. We, that's, we, what I'm we, that's what I was saying. There's a reason yeah. that people listen and do this. Oh, boy. Okay. That's what I was laughing about. The difficulty, and difficulty is a strong word here, but the difficulty is that we can't watch a movie in the watch party that we haven't seen before because we need to pay attention and know, actually know what's going on. Because basically, True. I did not actually watch Gone in 60 Seconds. Like, of I sort not. of stared at the screen for a little bit, but like, I just talked. I did other things while I was going on. Yeah. It was hanging out and kind of have a movie on in the background it's like a movie at a party right like when you yes. have like when you put a movie on your friends are over you're like you're not mm -hmm. watching this movie so you don't want to pick right. something that nobody's seen you're like having a party and it's like oh it's on in the background and so that kind of limits what we can watch to basically the nine movies which we can do we've already done three two of them three of them yeah we did three so you know we we, we can keep doing it uh but I, I also don't want to i mean it, it doesn't it doesn't matter who knows you know as quarantine goes on and things are beginning to reopen who who knows what's going to change, but yeah. you know, I'd be happy to do one every you know a couple times a lap, whatever. That's what I think so too. Yeah, but we'll we'll figure it out. I mean, I Plus like if them it's too often. It might be a little bit less special. I don't know. I agree. That's what I'm thinking too. But I wanted a birthday one. I got a birthday one. Did you do anything fun on your actual birthday on Monday? All I wanted was I wanted to go get a lobster roll. So I oh, found yes, 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 a yes, different yes. place than what I normally go to because like I like to try all the different lobster rolls around, and I found a really cool place that was open, that had lobster rolls, so I went and got one, and it was actually crazy. So I go to this place, right, and it's cash only. And, like, I was reading online, they were like, it's cash only, but, like, we had like they have an ATM. So I was like, cool. Really tight, like, parking-wise. There's maybe, like, 15 parking spots. There's nothing really else around it. You can't, like, park on the street around there. So I, like, found a spot, and I was like, oh, Rachel, look, we got so lucky. Cool. I go inside. I'm like, oh, can I use the ATM? Because, like, they were kind of keeping everybody outside because of quarantine. They're like, yeah, sure. I go up to the ATM. It's not working. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Get back in the car. I'm like, we have to find, like, an ATM. So, like, Rachel takes me to, like, a CVS, like, five minutes away. I go get cash. And then we drive back to the place. We're in line. We hear them, like, 
talking weird like inside the place because it's like a shack right there's like a walk-up window and like nobody really eats inside i don't think i mean like even during like when there's not quarantine nobody really eats inside there's like a bunch of tables outside so i go back and we're there we hear them talking weird the guys in front of us they're like oh shit like we lost power and they're like, okay, well, we're not taking anybody after this customer. And we were the last people in line. So they like, come and put up the sign behind us and like have a guy standing there being like, Perfect nope, time. we're not serving anybody else behind them. I was like, damn, what birthday luck was this? You were telling me, you, you, you messaged me, you said, look at this birthday karma. And then like you tell a story, the same story you're telling me. Yeah. But like the first six things are all bad. They're all yes. just like... I uh, didn't have cash. The ATM didn't work. Yep. Power went out. I'm just like, when is this just like, like, are you saying that like you're a shitty person? This is all no. like, things. like I didn't like, and finally the last one was just like, and we were last customers like, oh, fine. Like, but like, it yeah. was like bad thing, bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. Yeah. It was like, it was like all these bad things, but like, it was also leading up. Like if I wouldn't have had to get cash, I wouldn't have been the last customer, but like, it still worked out. Like even after all this bullshit I went through, but anyways, got a lobster roll. It was wonderful. Drank some beers. Just hung out, had a chill night. There's a three-part 90-day fiancé tell-all, okay? Three hours long of their Zoom calls of them yelling at each other after oh, the show. Oh, this is the thing you said that you couldn't even watch. No, no, no. Okay, so during that, I'm watching the 90-day before the 90-day tell-all, which is like yeah. this really good season that I've been telling you about. They developed since then, and there's commercials for it now. There's something, I forget what it's called. So they have this other 90-day thing. <laughs> So they have another 90 day show and it's called Pillow Talk. And that's where they get people from the other versions of 90 Day Fiance to watch the episodes and do like live commentary. Which you've talked about before. Yeah. So then they have this other version that they just came out with. The people from this 90 day watch their own episodes, but then read mean tweets about themselves during it and like clap back during Awful. the episode. And the that worst. just seems like a level of weird and toxic that even I can't take. The worst. It sounds like the worst thing ever, right? Like, it's so bad. And I was just like, God, like, they really stretch it. Like, they'll make content out of anything here. Yeah, I mean, as if 90 Day Fiance tell-all three-hour Zoom calls aren't enough. Yeah, you have that now, too. Anything else that you've done in the last week, aside from watching three three-hour things and eating a lobster roll? I bought a Lloyd's pizza pan because I wanted to make pan pizzas, and I finally got to use it today. Right before we recorded, I made my first Detroit-style pan pizza it was wonderful. What makes a pizza Detroit style? It's in a pan. Does it walk off the court before it shakes hands? <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it's just like they use these special pans, like the one that I sent you the picture of. It's just like it's like essentially like a nonstick baking pan. They use like some wacky cheese too. I was talking to Zach about this. Like they use like Wisconsin brick cheese. I didn't. I use mozzarella. There's some other like things about it, and they you know, use like a really heavy sauce and stuff. Cool. I just used a pan. Let's see. What if I went up to, um, I guess the, the serious thing first is that on Saturday before our, uh, watch party, I went to a protest, my town, a little town. I mean, it's a li- cool. liberal, little liberal hub in a liberal state. Uh, yeah. but they had protests on Saturday and Sunday and they were really well attended for the, like, I, I was really proud of my town for showing up. It was a good experience. I think it was a very good thing to do. Um, very important to show support and yep. to, you know, be like to just to see. And it was like, it was really the first time I've been in public aside from the grocery store since early March. Right. Yeah. And I was a little worried there, but I was like, I, I want to do this. The powerful thing and I didn't time it, but I would imagine it was eight minutes and 46 seconds. Is they have like 25 minutes. Or I, was, I was there for like an hour. And I think it went on a little bit longer, but like, this is going to sound terrible, but I was getting hungry and I had to go to the bathroom. I, also, when I was leaving, I checked my phone. You're like, hey, you want to do a test of this thing tonight? I was just like, oh, right, that's happening. So I was like, it was a good time for me to leave. They did like 25 minutes of kind of like 
chant and repeat. I don't know what the thing is, but like they would say something yeah. and we respond in unison or whatever. Call and respond. Yeah, call and respond. And then we all knelt for, I would imagine, eight minutes and 46 seconds, the length of time that George Floyd was, you know, mm-hmm. having a knee on his neck that killed him. And to go from like being in a group of people chanting and were angry and were sad and wanted change to suddenly being like in a dead silent field filled with other people also kneeling was like tremendously powerful like I, I wasn't aware of how like that would affect me mm-hmm. and it was really kind of special I want to say things need to change and I think that there we've been talking offline that there feels to be a momentum in terms of just True. things that are, it seems like we're trending in a right, there's a lot of work to do, but it feels like things are, are trending in the right way. And it's good that so many people are speaking out mm-hmm. on our Too Fast You Forever Twitter. Uh, we didn't put out like an official statement or anything like that, but I've been trying to retweet and amplify, you know, people in these movies and people that like, like Lego did a cool thing. We talk about Legos. Lego like, did a really cool thing. Black owned candle companies like mm-hmm. we talk about candles a lot here like little things like that that i think are important to amplify and just i think it's a good time for everyone to just listen and learn and try to reflect on how they can be better because like you and i are very privileged straight white men who have really <laughs> had no encountered no adversity at any point at any point you know what i mean like it's just yeah things were handed to us and i think it's impossible for us to know how it feels to be other than that but i think listening and reading and just experiencing and if it just feels like to be a part of something bigger right so I yeah. know, hopefully things change i mean we've talked about it i think things are going to change but i think so you know, i'm keep, hopeful keep fighting yeah you were a little disheartened last last time we talked about this so i'm glad that you you feel more hopeful now yeah i mean it's scary but things i mean and i don't want to you know i don't want to say that i wasn't but like things have changed in the last week since we really had like a conversation about this like yep. things have changed things are getting repealed and it seems like there's progress in terms of defunding the police and like there's a lot of progress towards making things a better and safer world for everyone right yeah and uh, we got a lot of way to go it. but it feels like things are tipping the right way now so we'll get a little bit and then we'll get pushed back and then you know it's big cycles but hopefully we're moving in the right direction a couple other things that are not that serious uh i've been playing a lot of the mobile game forza street which is on iPhone, and I think Android, too. You know that I've been a big fan of the Forza video games. It's like the Microsoft Xbox exclusive ones. Yep. This was originally a game called, like, Miami Street. Uh, that I think they probably just rebranded to be Forza Street. Oh, nice. There are Xbox achievements, which is why I'm playing it. Which oh, that's I am, cool. You know, addicted to achievements. But it's one of those like microtransactional based games where like, hey, you can earn gold like five gold every like twenty races, or you can buy like five hundred gold for five dollars. Like, doesn't that sound better? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds better, but I'm not spending money. There's all, what I like about it is that there's also the like the what actually is good in terms of me not wanting to like spend money on it is there's the countdown clock, like the energy, like there's yeah, basically. You Every one of these across games has this, yeah. A map, and it's like you, you know, not even each race, but there's like dots in between the races where you pick up items, or there's just like blank dots, and each time you go to a dot, it uses an energy. So, like, you can usually do like 10 or 12 races in an energy block and one energy replenishes every like five minutes right yeah but what's really cool about it and this actually goes back to something we were talking about about sports games is that you can auto race so like if you're every car is like a rating like a power rating yep on a scale of i don't say 200 to like 800 right yep and so the higher the number the more powerful the car and if your car is more than 20 higher than the car you're racing you can basically just sim it and automatically win yep i'm like yeah, absolutely. Like, why would I not do that? Like, because the <laughs> racing, you're holding a thumb down and you like let go if you want to break, 
and then if you hit it again to gas out of a turn. So like it's not, and then you tap the other thumb for like gnaws every once in a while. So like it's not like a very complex thing, but it's just kind of cool. Like you're building a car collection. Yep. There's a lot that I can do, and I'm just I basically just play it while I'm listening to podcasts or right before I'm about to fall asleep or whatever. It's just a dumb, mindless thing. But this especially. Is- Essentially, the, it's it's we're all it's all the same game. Just like this is a car thing, a car version of whatever you know Disney thing you're playing. Exactly what I was about to say. Yep, it's all the, it's exact all the same, same game. Thing. It's the exact same thing. It's brain mush. I picked the Disney one. The only reason I'm playing this as much as I am, other than like I just think it's kind of fun, is that the achievements. Like I just like building the gamer score on Xbox. Actually, I'm gonna save this for later. I'm gonna talk about some movies first. I finished out the. Beverly Hills Cop trilogy. Cool. Uh, last time I talked about, it, I saw the first one. I saw two and three. Two is also pretty good. One is great. Two is pretty good. Three is awful. Uh, <laughs> and on Mike's podcast, he had on past guest and future guest Brian Rodriguez to talk Ooh. about it, and also a friend of his who was on this lap too, or not this lap. He was on two laps ago on Tokyo Drift. I think we had Dan Hayden who talked about Tokyo Drift. He was on with them. They all hated this movie, and it's very, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like not even fun bad, just bad. No, like Eddie Murphy's checked out. There's like Ugh. the whole thing kind of takes place at uh, an amusement park, but also they leave the amusement park. And like, there's a lot of things here that feel like they're good ideas that just aren't executed well. And they were even saying on the podcast on Third Times a Charm, they were like, if it was worse, it would be better, or if it was better, it would be better. But it's just boring. And Those no are one my seems least to care. favorite kind of movies. Yeah, I hate yeah. the like just actually shitty movies. Like at least yep. be like worse where it's fun for me. I also last night rewatched Baby Driver, which I Ooh, fun. love. We will cover eventually on this. Yeah, we will. And the other movie of note that I have watched since last time is I watched Sing in the Rain for the first time, which <laughs> I knew was the Gene Kelly movie. Have you seen Sing? I know that you hate musicals, but have you seen Singing in the Rain? Because it's a classic. I've seen the video part. I'm sure it was on at my house at some point, but like I've never sat down to watch it in an age that I remember it. So it stars Gene Kelly, who I knew, like, I just, that's like the one thing I knew about it, right? He's a Pittsburgh guy so too, right? Oh, I mean, that's the thing that like... Only Pittsburghers would know. Yeah, he went, well, he went to, he went to University of Pittsburgh, and he was born in East Liberty, Pittsburgh, yeah. Yep, so he's a Pittsburgh boy, that's right. I did not realize that the female lead is Debbie Reynolds, who, do you know Debbie Reynolds by name? I know the name, what is she from, and we were just talking about her, I was just talking Well, she's Carrie Fisher's mom. That's right, that's why we were, we, you and I were just talking about her, yes. Were we? At some point, we did. We, we we mentioned that. The third person, so like it's basically, it's kind of like a, eventually becomes a love story between the two of them, but there's this other guy. Um, and the movie, which I had no idea what it was about, is like, it, come, it came out in 1952, but it's about 1927 when Hollywood went from silent films to talkies, right? Yes. And it's the transition, and I was like, of course Hollywood loves this movie because it's Hollywood. It's a movie about Hollywood, right? Yep. Like, nothing Hollywood loves more than movies about itself. <laughs> That's true. And so Gene Kelly and this guy, Donald O'Connor, Don O'Connor, who plays, they play... Don and Cosmo are music guys who then Don, Gene Kelly, becomes its actor. And Don O'Connor, Cosmo, is his, like his best friend or whatever. And this guy is like the most amazingly gifted physical comedian. He's got these great faces and like steals every scene. Like this guy that I'd never, I probably had heard the name, but I don't know the name. Yeah. There were two or three songs from this movie that I had heard that I'm sure you know that everybody knows, but I didn't know they were from here. Like Make Them Laugh is this incredibly... Yes, I know that. Like, it's, like, this entire, like, ballet of, like, physical, like, pratfalls and stuff like that. And Don O'Connor, like, steals the show. I feel like everybody who's out there, if they want to have seen Singing in the Rain, has seen seen Singing in the Rain. True. But if you have not, it's on HBO. It's on HBO Max now if you want to watch that. So the last thing I want to share is that I was posting Tuesday's episode 
Fave of the Furious with Brian Sullivan. Yes. Uh, great episode, by the way. Long episode. But it a was lot of fun. wonderful, though, dude. We had such a blast recording that one. So I did not tell you this, but this, this blew my mind. Go ahead. So I'm posting on Facebook, right? And I'm typing blah, blah, blah. And I copied it over from Twitter. I'm putting it on, on Facebook. And I see that Facebook wants me to tag Brian. And I'm like, I'm not going to tag him. Like, that feels tacky or whatever. But it's like one mutual friend. And I was like, who, who do we know? Because he lives in New York, and I'm like, maybe, it, I, I don't know, like, maybe, but I'm not, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not friends with, like, Walt Hickey on Facebook, like, yeah. I'm thinking I'm trying to, I'm not friends with Chris Malika, like, I don't know, and I look, and it's John Brooks, who was my original podcasting partner, he and I did Sports for Starters back in, like, 2013. Oh! Um, he's got a new show on the podcast network, Hard to Believe, he's on a bunch of our Keanu episodes, and, you know, Tom Hanks episodes, and Cruise Club episodes, and I was like, that's weird, and so I messaged John, and I'm just like, hey, so do you know Brian Silliman? He's like, oh yeah, we went to college together. I was like, what? Wow. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I haven't thought about him in a while or whatever, but like, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. And I was like, that's weird. And he's like, he's like how do you know Brian? I was like, oh, we just found him on Twitter, uh, just tweeting about the Fast and Furious, and we invited him on our show. He's like, oh, that's weird. So I messaged Brian on Twitter and just like, hey, thanks again for whatever. Turns out that you and John Brooks went to college together. He's like, oh, John Brooks, yeah, of course. He's like, he probably knows Chris then too. And so I go back to Facebook and I'm like, John, do you know Chris Malika? He's like, yeah, how do you know Chris Malika? I was like, we also found him on Twitter. And it was this whole like back and forth where it was like this weird small world of people. That's so crazy, dude. That's a great story. We found both of them separately on Twitter, people tweeting about the Fast and Furious that we like, we BB Wappied both of them. I know that we did Chris and Brian thinks that we did him that way too. In reality, they were both people John knew from college. So you had like one degree of separation from them anyways. I know, but like it's 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 bananas to me. Yeah, that was the case, and I was just like, "That's so weird and so cool." That's a great story. I'm glad you kept that one. I don't think there's anything else that I've done in the last week that I can remember anything of note. I don't think. Oh, I started rewatching the X Files. That's what I did. My fr- a couple friends in my baseball league, uh, my friend Bob, who I've talked about, and my friend Steve, aka Real. We are all kind of watching separately and kind of keeping pace with each other. So I'm That's a couple cool. episodes in. But, you know, what might be my favorite show of all time, we are all watching that. I think it might be, like, their favorite shows of all time, too. So we're all, like, very into it. And you have, like, a group to, like, watch it with. It's been long yes. enough. Spitball stuff. That's fun. That's a good time. Yeah. We've been rewatching. So there was this great, incredible... I'm just saying this because I'm pitching because I wanted it back. I want it to come back. So I'm trying to put it out into the universe. There was this amazing reality show that was on in, like, the 90s. Or, like, the early 2000s. And it was called The Mole. Do you remember this? I've never seen it. I remember about it. I remember it. And I kind of vaguely know what it's about, but I couldn't describe it. It's, like, as if the amazing race... So you get, like, ten people, and they're doing, like, competitions, right? But okay. one of them is trying to fuck it up for the rest of them, and you okay, don't know yes, who that yes, is. Yes, And that person's the mole. So it'll be like, oh, everybody has to bungee jump, and if everybody bungee jumps, you get $10,000. And so then there's like, there's always like three people that are like, I'm really scared of heights or like, I'm too old. And then there's somebody like, I can't do it. Like I'm nauseous or I'm not feeling good today. Did the mole do it? Is it one of them? You know what I mean? So we've been rewatching this and we actually blew through and all they the vote people off the island essentially. I think it's because it's no, from, so you don't vote no. people off. You have to take a quiz at the end. And it's like, what color shirt was the mole wearing today? What did the mole do during this? And the person that answers the most questions wrong gets voted out. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so it's like, if you know who it is, you can stay in. But also the questions are, like, essentially as hard as our quiz to the point where it's like, what color shoes were the mole was the mole wearing today? So you, like, have a guess, but also it's kind of hard. But if it was, like, you, 
you obviously get them right, right? Because I feel like that's that feels like you know Mafia, the game, the game Mafia. It's where it very feels similar. Like should, instead of doing a quiz, you should just vote someone off. No, the mole makes it to the end. There's three people at the end. Always. The mole always makes it to the end. Okay. It's like there's three people at the end. I guess it, I guess it would have to if it was like if you're filling up TV hours. Because I was thinking like the mole wins if he makes it to the end. Everybody else wins if they vote the mole off, but like they also could get the mole like you could like you Kobe'd minion that one day, which is a phrase that no it's gonna make not gonna make any sense no. to anybody. And if you vote the mole off episode one, you're like, uh well I guess so I guess the mole has to make it to the end. Okay. Yeah, cause that's why it's a quiz where it's like what were you doing? And it's easy for the yeah. person yeah. Right, I, I don't right, I, they right, probably right. don't even take the quiz. It doesn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yep. so we were watching that. We actually blew through all the there was only four American seasons of it. There was two regular and then two celebrity seasons. We watched the, so we started watching the Australian version of it. Well, actually, that reminds me. So, like, MasterChef on Facebook, which is kind of the only reality show that I watch, my sister messaged me. She's like, MasterChef is back tonight? I was like, no. My TiVo's not recording it. I check Metacritic every week to yeah. see what new, new shows. Like, I'm like, there's zero. And also, we're in quarantine. Like, there's no way, unless <laughs> yeah. they, like, shot this, like, eight months ago, which I don't think is how they do it. Like, it's not coming back. And she sends me a post on Facebook, and it was, like, a new season. Or no, not, they didn't say it. was, like, a we- very specifically worded, like, we're ready to start a season of MasterChef tonight or something like that. Okay. And everybody in the comments are just, like, they're just re-airing last year. And people in the comments were like, what are you doing? But then other people were like, no, I like it. I didn't see last year. Or I want to rewatch it. And I'm just like, cool, weird. But <laughs> one person had a comment that I was really smart. It's like, why not air like MasterChef Canada, which is not legal to stream. As far as I know, you can't legally stream it in the U.S. Like, there's no language barrier. Yeah. I'm sure you have connections with the rights. Like, in That's why we're watching the Mole Australia. On, there's no, it's not like there's like subtitles or anything. It's just yeah. like accent. And it's the same show. And if you don't know who the guy is, you're still watching the show. Like, the best part is like you trying to figure out who the guy is with everybody on the show. So yeah. it doesn't really matter who it is or who the host is or what's going on or what the challenges are. That's the fun part of the show for me. So It just feels like such an easy, like a slam dunk for like content providers to be like, hey, we have this thing. It's the same language. You don't know the host, but like, who cares? Like, it's there's zero. It's, you just pay the acquisition costs, and if people don't watch it, you stop airing. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't yeah. feel like a... Uh, you don't have to shoot it. It's not like it costs the money to make it. It's already produced. Right. That's a smart idea, man. I think so. We've got a Patreon page here on the show, TooFast2Forever.com. Mentioned it before, if you want early access to the conversations, the movie conversations. We also get swag and merchandise, like stickers, and eventually t-shirts. Bonus episodes, eventually. Fast and Furious Minute Document, Minute Quiz. Your choice of what we watch in future laps, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Elman, Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you, thank you. We also have email address on the show, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, I was saying before, we haven't really recorded in a week. We've got a bunch of emails here. Let's get into it. Get into it. Well, that's funny because last time we didn't have any, so this time. Yes. And then it's like we didn't have any, and then we waited like two episodes worth of recordings to. Yep. Yeah. So we got, I think we got like nine. Okay, cool. I don't think that any are wildly long, but we'll find out. We'll see. First up from Wells Lamont, who did join us for the watch along party. Thanks, brother. I'm glad you, you always crack me up. I'm glad that you came. Too. Subject line, tired of the bullshit, I'm on my way back. Long time bros, I'm 12 episodes behind, so instead of waiting for things to go back to normal, I'm rocking with you guys at the house, so I'm going to be done in this next week or so, catching up, and then I'll be back on track and ready for business. Because okay. I thought I was going to LA this week and I was going to knock them all out for that, but it got cancelled and I'm tired of waiting. I miss it and I need it. Give me a little more time and I'll be ready. Well, I'm glad that you missed it, <laughs> instead of just completely <laughs> forgetting it. 
he said he, he said he listened to a couple when we, when we talked to him, so hopefully he's caught up by now. I know that a uh, friend of the show and patron of the show, Melissa Lynam, is also catching up. She's, like, giving me updates. She's like, I'm on episode 88. And I was like, cool, we're recording episode 99. Like, there's <laughs> a while to go. They're not getting shorter. They're not. They're definitely not. Wells goes on, I'm listening now while writing this. I can't talk about anything specific because I'm too far behind. I'm taking it as a loss and bad judgment on my part. Haha. <laughs> 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 taking that L. That's it. I go back to work in July, so that's too long to wait. That's insane. I'm here for the long haul. You won't be getting rid of me if you were hoping so. Ha ha ha. Okay, my brosifs. Talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks, Wells, for writing in. I appreciate it, brother. I'm glad that you're back. I'm glad that we got to talk to you. So, yeah. thank you. Next email from Alex Ellenin. Subject line, you like clocks, Joey? Oh. Quick clock story. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, wait. Go back, go, go back to that first line. Quick, quick clock qu- story. God. The, the, I just love the like a quick story about. Okay, never mind. Quick clock story. Yeah. One day, I found a reverse clock on Amazon. My girlfriend said she hated it reverse because it would clock? confuse her. So obviously, I bought it. Even put it up in the living room so it's the primary clock in the house. What's a reverse clock? I think it goes in reverse. I think that instead of going clockwise, it probably goes counterclockwise. Oh my god. So the 11 o'clock is probably where the 1 o'clock is. <laughs> oh god, that's so awesome. He says, well, she was right because we have no problem telling time on it. However, normal clocks now cause a problem for us. Can't trust them at all. Oh god. <laughs> and also, like, when somebody's, like, clockwise, he's like, yeah. And you're like... Uh, oh, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? You'd have to like think in your brain and you wouldn't know which way it actually goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this is very strange. Oh, yeah. God, my brain doesn't like it at all. Yeah, you just broke the <laughs> you just broke the matrix like you're out, man. I like it. Next email from Jenny McMullen. Subject line, Patreon vote. What up, Jenny? How are you doing, lady? Thanks for joining the birthday party, too. Thank you. She was there. Yes, yes, yes. And Alex was there, too. We are yeah, three Alex three is there, so too. Far. Yeah. She says, hello, guys. I've never gotten Patreon to work on my phone, so I'm emailing my vote. I vote for keep it fresh. So that means eight for that and zero for keeping the way they are. Pretty much unanimous, dude. That's, like, that's a strong majority, I think. So you're thinking of recording your intros closer to the release date like Mark Marin does. Sounds like a great idea. And thanks for asking, Leader Jenny. Thanks for the input, Jenny. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was I was kind of concerned, like, you know, and I was, I obviously, Joey pitched it and we were talking about it. And I was like, what does everybody else think? Because that's pretty much all that matters here. So you guys seem to be happy with it. I'm happy with it. That works for me. Our next email from Jason Dickinson. Actually, he's been sending us a couple messages. First off, happy Pride Month, Jason. Happy Pride Month, Jason. Very cool. Yes. But he sent this one, the Fate of the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, F9. He says, if you were wondering when Hobbs and Shaw takes place on the fast timeline, this will blow your mind. Hobbs and Shaw set between the events of Fate of the Furious and F9. Oh. So we, I mean, it's a separate timeline, we think, kind of, because it's, you know, Dom's not in it, but it makes sense but that makes chronologically sense. It, it still tracks, right? That's what I would assume that it would have taken place. That makes sense, right? Yeah. It would kind of come between those two. Maybe maybe simultaneously. Maybe it just happens while both are happening, because we don't know how long the movies, like, really last. And... It's true. Well, we know it can't really take place during Fate, because they're both involved in Fate. Exactly. So it has to be after Fate, but... Yeah. Our next email from another person who was at the watch party. Somebody named Brian Rodriguez. High school slumber Ooh. party at gmail.com. Well, he asked us for the official Cage Club email. He does. So. I know that he listens, and I don't know why he asked about that. I also do want to say that, like, in the watch party, not to bust balls, but, like, Mike Manzi kept the, like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I'm like, Mike, you got to listen to the show, Mike. We've <laughs> developed the whole language, a whole rapport here. Yeah. Subject line from Brian, Eagle Moss. Eagle Moss. He says, hey, Joe and Joey, Brian Rodriguez here, host of High School Slumber Party (laughs) and part owner of Too Fast, Too Forever since I'm a faithful patron. (laughs) 
Hope you're doing well. Not sure if someone else has brought this up on the pod yet, but I figured I'd mention it. Okay. I listen to some toy collecting podcasts in my free time. He says, shout out to the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. I want to know if you guys are familiar with the build subscriptions from the toy company Eagle Moss. I've included some links here. I'm not. Basically, it's a subscription service that sends you a couple parts every week, and over time, you build one-eighth size models of famous cars. Models oh. are super legit, like you don't get an engine. You have to build the engine with the scale engine parts they give you. In addition to the parts you get, Eagle Moss sends you an official magazine with cool facts on the subject matter. For example, current project is the Echo 1 from Ghostbusters. Yeah. So each week, you get parts and a cool Ghostbusters magazine. The last project before the Ecto-1 was the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Okay. Usually about a thousand parts and take a year or so to build, but when you're done, you have a priceless collectible. That is so cool. He says, I'd be shocked if one of your great fans haven't brought this to your attention yet, and I have, think I have a memory of it, but I might be a false memory, not sure, having a lot of Letty moments these days. I don't think anybody has. I don't think I've heard of this. No, this is so cool. Um, he says, but I figured on the off chance they didn't, I'd point it out to you and ask the obvious question. If Eagle Moss decides to do a Fast and Furious subscription next, would you like it to be Dom's Charger, Brian's Skyline, or something else? Because we got the Lego Dom's Charger, I would like it to be Brian's Skyline or Brian's Supra. But that's just me, because we had the Lego one. Any of these. I feel like, I feel like you kind of, I mean, I agree with that, but I also feel like you have to start with the Charger, I think. I think so, too. I, like, it's a, I'm saying personally, you know, like, he asked us, like, what would we want? So, that's what I'm thinking. This is really cool, dude. I have to get one of these for Rachel. This is awesome. I wonder how much it, like, costs. There's prices in there. I don't know. I'm actually, I'm wondering if Brian subscribes to this. Brian, please keep us in the loop, or anybody keep us in the loop. This also feels like something that Wes would love. Yeah, I think he would, too. It's like, yeah, this is really, really cool. But all the prices on here say, that, like, 195 right? Are you seeing that, too? And I don't know how true that is. Is it, like, 195 a week for, like, whatever? Well, there's, like, a risk-free trial offer is $2. After your first shipment, get four new issues, oh. parts, and magazines to your door each month for ten ninety plus two forty five shipping per issue. Okay. Do you see what the next one is? Well, I'm just trying to figure out if that means it's ten ninety plus two forty five times four, or if it's ten ninety plus two forty five times four. You know what I mean? Like, is it is it ten ninety plus ten dollars shipping, or is it like twelve dollars? Is it like fifty dollars a month? Fifty dollars a month, and it takes a year. You get so you get one a week. I don't want to say it's a racket because it's a brilliant idea, but they're like, "Hey, how can we make sure that people never stop subscribing?" It's a like way you're to basically do it. saying, "I'm going to pay, say it's twenty dollars a month, right? Like I'm going to pay two hundred forty dollars for this car, but I'm just spreading it out over twelve months, essentially." Like a payment right? plan, yeah. But did What's you see the what the new one? car coming, is coming soon? Coming Eleanor, soon is, yes. Ooh, shit, I know. The books and stuff are really cool. I, I like this idea, man. And these cars look cool. Like, they do, like, a really good job on them. Damn, yeah, he has, like, fucking everything in this thing. Like, there's, like, a tack cool. and, like, yeah. Cool. This is, like, a very detailed build kit. He says, thanks for reading and looking forward to my next contractually obligated guest spot, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thanks for writing in. Our next email is from Jerry. He sent a car picture, so we're going to do that later. Oh. And then the next, he also sent in a picture, and Jerry was also at the watch party, and subject line is watch party. What up, Jerry? Thanks for coming to the watch party, bud. He says, hey, guys, the watch party was awesome, Joe, too. Hope you had a good birthday. I, I enjoyed it and birthday. laughed so hard. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys you guys get some chuckles in there. It's, it's always good to hear you guys laugh. We obviously don't hear you laugh when we're recording, so I just have to pretend like Joey laughs at my jokes, and hearing you actually laugh at them in person is a lot better than him pretending to laugh at my jokes. So I kind of want to laugh, but I also don't want to. I don't know what that one... <laughs> 
I had to take care of a few things, that's why I had to bail a little early, but everything's all good. On another note, I watched Hobbs and Shaw on Sunday after the 90 Day Fiancé tell-all, and I enjoyed it. On my rankings, I would slide it around 4 or 5 because of the people portraying it. On episode 98, when your guest was explaining the either-or, I was following and put my input on how I would see myself. This is fascinating. All right, so he says... More Brian, because there's no way I'll be an alpha like Dom. Yeah. I'm more Mia, because she's the caring person of the family. She is. She's the cornerstone. We say this all the time. She is. I'm more Roman. I love cracking jokes to lighten the mood. Same. I'm more Shaw, because he's badass, but kind of classy with how he dresses, and I'm not ripped like The Rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not many of us are The Rock, brother. I get it. <laughs> I'm he not. says, I'm more imports. I love both but I love how the design's going on with the body of the cars. True, I like imports too. Thank you, brother. Belgian ale or Corona? I can never say no to a Corona, especially at a baseball game, but there are times where I'm at dinner with my friends, or when I'm with my friends for dinner, I would love a tall Blue Moon Belgian white ale, and it's good. Dude, I love Blue Moon. We've chased a lot of beers, and all the good brewers that brew, like, you know, the most sought-after beers right now, if you ask them what their favorite beer is to drink... Or, like, what beer, like, really, like, blew their minds. It's always Sierra Nevada. Like, the pale ale. Really? I swear to God. I've heard this from, like, 20 brewers at this point. That they're like, yeah, dude, the first time I had a Sierra Nevada, like, that was it. And they're like, and you're like you're st- you still drink Sierra Nevada? They're like, all the time. Like, I always keep a 20 in my house. Or, like, a 24 back in my house. I also love Blue Moon, and I think it's delightful. And, like, when it's warm out and stuff like that, you're just like, oh, like, a nice Blue Moon to sip on. Excellent. Fascinating. Yeah, Blue Moon is really good. Sierra Nevada, I like. I mean, I, I, <laughs> Dude, I really like I, both. I mean, they all love it. Yeah, I would never go out of my way to order either of those, but like if I was at a barbecue and they were both in like the. Like, I feel, I feel like when you're at a barbecue and there's like a bucket of beer, even though I'm not like a real snob, but it's just like there's like a real. Oh, I don't know what I'm about to find in here, but if I see Sierra Nevada, I'd be like, oh, that's a that's a good, that's a that's a nice win. Solid. That's not like, oh, that's my favorite beer. Yeah, I know, dude. That's what I was saying. I was mind blown by it. But like, I've heard a lot of like brewers say this, and it's crazy to me every time I hear it. It was like one of the first pale ales to come out to have like a little bit of like IPA bite to it, right? So yeah. like, they just like just think of that. So yeah. It says if I were pulling a job, I'd be the designer. I just need my headphones, music, and some time. I'll make some sexy shit for the job. Ooh. <laughs> For a distraction song, I can do Start to Finish, Wanna Be Starting Something by Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson. I don't think we've ever gotten any Michael Jacksons before, huh? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's always a good choice. Yeah, like you could do ABC or Thriller. Double checking here. I don't think that we have. No, I think it's, I think we're, I think it's a new, again, new territory. Yeah, I love these answers. He says, red or black, I'd go with black. And I first heard it from one of my favorite movies, Passenger 57. And when I would gamble and be down to my last 20 bucks, I'd throw it on black. He says, I recommend watching it just in case you haven't, 90s action movie. Well, we talk about it a lot on here because people always, like, that's why people pick black, right? Because yep. it's like, I heard Wesley Snipes say it that one time. Yep, exactly. Also, I've talked about Passenger 57 because it is a uh, Christian Larson and crew favorite. Because on the VHS for that, there is the trailer for Street Night, which is a ah. film starring Jeff Speakman. So, like... Almost every time we hung out, we would not watch Passenger 57, but we would watch the trailer for Street Night, because it was before it was on YouTube. So we're like, this is the place we have to watch it here. That's awesome. I would drive out of a plane because I feel like I would enjoy the adrenaline rush more, and as long as I would have another set of pants ready before I got out of the car, (laughs) since I'll more likely, more than likely, piss my pants. He just says, keeping it real. It's true. I'll be petrified, dude. I'm not good with heights. I'm just At first you were afraid you were petrified? Yeah, I was. 
You could sing that, that song, here. too. We haven't had that, right? I Will Survive? Yeah, we have. That Dan okay. Hayden said I Will Survive. Okay, okay. That's why it was in my brain, because I just saw it above. Okay. My last stunt, I'll go with Fiery Explosion, just not to suffer and literally go out with a bang. Yeah. Oil is one syllable. Oil. Do not like that. Yeah, I've true. lost all momentum there. You did. I never had Whataburger, so I'll choose In-N-Out, since I have two locations within a five-minute drive. Uh. FYI, the city I live in is called Daly City, directly south of San Francisco. Oh, they have nice. a really bad habit of adding two on almost every store, or two of almost every store, fast food spots here. So I guess that's why there's two. One, and then five minutes later, you get another one right next to it. Did we talk about on here, I did not know this, but Subway does not do market research for where it puts locations. It just finds a McDonald's and puts one within like a mile <laughs> of it. Subway's based in Connecticut, and I actually have friends that work for Subway Corporate. That's what I've heard. I don't know for sure that that's true, but it makes sense because, like, every time you see a McDonald's, like, so when you're driving so on a highway, right, and there's all yep. turnoffs, it's like there's always a McDonald's, there's always a Wendy's, there's always a Subway, and there's always like a <coughs> regional something or other, right? Yep. And like, but every time, from what I've heard, Subway does not be like, where where do people need sandwiches? It's like, oh, there's a new McDonald's there. We don't have a Subway there build a subway near there it's genius it's it's like why would you spend the money to do the market research when you could just look at where the mcdonald's are in google maps it's yeah. i fucking love it that's so that the guy who discovered that should get a raise i mean he should get paid whatever like the research department should have gotten paid right <laughs> exactly yeah it's like oh like dude well we're thinking about putting in a research department he's like why don't you just put them next to mcdonald's and we don't even need that whole fucking department you're like down <laughs> that works yeah. for me man uh he says i would go the dark night which Yes. Yeah. Food all over the place would mean to me either like a huge buffet style or a massive, massive food fight, yet you can still sit and eat. Mmm. I like it. A buffet buffet seems like it makes sense. No knees would be like stubs, literally no knees, or a very promiscuous woman. <laughs> That's wildly different. Those are two completely different ends of the spectrums. But I want to know why no knees means you're promiscuous. What does the knee have to do with promiscuity? I don't know. Says my favorite character would be Tej. I'd say he has the most transformation from garage head to master hacker. Yeah. That's true. He does have a huge character arc. My favorite car movie would be Need for Speed. I loved all the cars in it, bringing back generations, or bringing from generations back to the current car generation. The the Jesse Pinkman one? I think so. We were watching it. It was on, like, USA or something. Actually, probably Saturday before I turned on, before we had the watch party. It was on Interesting. TV. Interesting. That'll be on our first go-round on, uh, whenever we do a modern car lap movie. Yeah, Like, there's exactly. a bunch of ones that we want to do, but that is for sure going to be in the first batch. I agree. So sooner yep. rather than later but not soon soon yep favorite barbie dream car would be an all-black lamborghini urus u-r-u-s yeah that's the truck that's the suv okay. one yeah they're pretty i new. love how it looks and being very different they're very cool i think it's very very cool. oh okay yeah it's kind of got like a uh sort of a tesla sort of kind of vibe but like longer and like more spaceshipy yeah whoa msrp 207k okay yeah <laughs> yeah they're not 641 cheap. horsepower okay 12 miles per gallon city 17 highway cool very cool <laughs> yeah i mean it's gonna be fast though i saw yeah. this really cool video of them souping one up that'd be cool to have i would i would like one but i don't have two hundred and seventy thousand dollars to just 207 you're 207 you're i was close yeah oh yeah okay well that makes it a little bit more palatable now you can do it yeah so his favorite stunt scene within the franchise would be the first race in four. Brings everything back, but with updated cars, Brian has the lead and then loses last second. I guess that's when they're racing to join Braga's crew. Campos yeah, crew. that makes sense. So that's all I have this time. Be fast and safe. 
guys. Well, thank you, Jerry, for writing in. That's a very cool, very cool email. Thank you, Jerry, for writing in. Thank you for coming to the watch party. Glad that you had fun, brother. Next email from Jake Freer. No subject. He just says, hey, guys, felt bad because I haven't written in for a while. In your last episode, you said there were no emails, so I thought I'd write in. Well, thank you, Jake, for writing in, thinking of us. We appreciate it. Glad you're listening. He says, I'm listening to a podcast called The Wire, Way Down in the Hole. And on the latest app, they said their favorite scene from the whole series. Now, I know you guys have both seen it, so I was interested to know your favorite scene from the series, which I think you actually just talked about. Oh, we did. One of your favorites was the the fuck fuck, scene, right? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Favorite scene from The Wire. He says his favorite, which might be one of yours. What is it? Tell me his. His is D'Angelo yelling at Stringer, where the fuck is Wallace? See, okay, so I was going to say, like, one of the most memorable to me. If you have not seen The Wire yet, spoilers are inbound. In the next yes, minute just or so. skip ahead for a minute. One of the most memorable scenes to me, but not one of my favorites, is when in the first season when Bodie and Pooh go and kill Wallace, and like that yeah. fucks me up. But it's not one of my favorites. One of my favorite scenes in the most enjoyable that cracks me up every time I see it at the beginning of season four. The guys like I want to go like interview sixteen year olds so like we can reform them, and they're like really sixteen year olds, and they like put him in this room with sixteen year olds, like fuck you, and just like spits in the dude's face, and he's like <laughs> okay maybe twelve. 12 sounds better, you know, like, like, they're so hard by 16 that you just, like, just petrified, like, the kids, do you remember this scene? Vaguely. I've only seen the show once, and that's what I was going to say, that, like, I don't have vivid memories of a lot. I think one of my favorite scenes, and I might be conflating two, is by the end... I love the transformation of Bodhi because Bodhi goes from being like just like street level thug to like kind of like he's not running the game, but like he's, he's smart. up there. Like you can see growth, right? You can see him being smarter, just not not just how to like survive, but like how the world works. And I think I might be again conflating two scenes, but I feel like there's a conversation he has Ugh. again, spoiler, right before he dies, where like it feels like he's kind of figured things out, right? But there's also like his entreesment line where he realizes oh, that like I... the cops are trying to fuck with him. Like man, is that entreesment? Like just the Bodhi growth, not my favorite character. Character, but I love Bodhi's growth from being just a kid to like being a man in the course of a handful of seasons, right? So that's one of my favorites. Bodhi's definitely one of my favorite characters. The entreasement line is really what he what he when they get arrested for Hamsterdam and he's like, You can't tell us to go there and deal drugs and then arrest us for it. That's entreasement. And then McNulty's yeah. just like dying. Yeah. He's like, pretty, He called entrapment, bro. He got yeah. it. He's out. <laughs> like, he's right. Kid's right. Jake says, I've been falling behind with the podcast because of my new job. I'm not allowed to have headphones. Oh, sorry, I found bud. A, I found a way around it. So I'm back on track now. Well, I mean. Don't get fired because of the podcast. But thanks for listening. We appreciate Glad it. Glad you're listening. Yep. He says, I was going to join the watch party, but some other plans got in the way, unfortunately. Anyway. Hope you guys are staying safe over there. Looking forward to the new episodes, Jake. Thank you, Jake, for writing in, brother. It's all good, yep. man. Don't worry. You didn't, you didn't miss anything, but we had a good time and hope that you're yep. at the next one. Next email, we have two more, both from Justin Kleiman. First up, Sergeant Bilkins What's says, up, if you can find my rankings from way back when, I'm moving too fast from third to first. I love this movie. <laughs> too fast all the way up? Justin Kleiman. So he has three. That means it drops fast five down one. It drops fast and furious six down one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That works okay. for me, man. Says I want more Bilkins. I want a Tej Roman spinoff with lots of Bilkins. Hashtag oh. justice for Bilkins. That's really cool. That would be a fun one, wouldn't it? I'd be, I mean, I'd, I'd watch it. I would love it. It would be a lot of fun. Uh, and then Justin's second email is candles. Not sure if this has come up, but in regards to all of the candles in Dom's house, while my friends and I were watching Point Break a few nights ago, I noticed during the house party scene, the house has a ton of candles. Perhaps 
it was an homage. I would have to guess it is. I mean, there's so much else that they stole from Point Break. I really think that the candles are probably an homage. He sends a link. I'm going to take a look. I'm going to send this link to you. And then at the end, oh yeah, oh, in the end, where it's him and Tyler, and yeah, like, there's all sorts of candles. Getting to the end, hold on. Yeah, like, you go to, like, Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, there's, like, six or seven candles on this mantle. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the other possibility that just candles are a very 90s thing. And candles all over the place, candles in California at the time, Yeah, maybe. Also, I could definitely see them being, like, there's so much else from Point Break in here that, like, candles, like, that's easy to be like, oh, yeah, we did that, too. That's all the emails for today. Family at cageclub.me. Thank you all for... Yeah, thanks guys for writing in. For filling up that old mailbag. We've got the next episode. So again, these are going to be more timely. So if you email in, you're going to hear it like on the next episode, basically. I mean, that's not a hard and fast rule, but you're, it's not going to be like three episodes later. It's going to be one or maybe two, but it's going to be much closer. Yeah. Family at cageclub.me. It'll be much, much closer for sure. Yeah. All right, Joe, on the streets, Fast and Furious news. Did you hear the big news? Sad news. What was the sad news? Jordana Brewster is getting a divorce. I did. Jason Dickinson sent this to us. Amicably split. That's what it was. A, a conscious uncoupling. But they said they're going to co-parent. It's like a little bit, you know, hopefully she goes more Jenna Dewan than Channing Tatum in this and comes out all right. Oh boy. Uh, maybe. Well, we will find out. Any other news that you have seen in the last week? Because it's been a week. I mean, we talked about yes. The Rock's eight-minute Where Are You post, which is powerful. Yes. I have one. Matt sent it to me. I'm trying to find it. While you look for that, I'm going to bring up, we talked about this with Brian Silliman, but we did not actually go in depth on it. Dead in 60 seconds, ranking the Fast and Furious stunts by how quickly I would die. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Talk about Brian's article. That's really smart. So it's on Sci-Fi Wire. He says, it it starts out by saying, death will come to us all, but it will come fast and furious to someone like me if I ever attempt any of the crazy stunts from the Fast and Furious franchise. Every single thing in these movies is too fast and too furious for me, but some would send me to an even quicker car-wrapped death than others. He goes on the intro, then ranking up from the bottom up. Basically, the worst one, or not the worst one, how do I want to say this? The safest one for him is any attempt to drift in Tokyo Drift. And the result, like he does like a write-up about it, and then he says, result, failure is guaranteed, and death would not be far, far behind. Let's be nice and say I'd be dead within a minute of the attempt. So this is saying the safest thing for him to do he will be dead within a minute. Yeah. So that does not bode well. No. So then from there, number eight is jumping the car onto the boat in two. Seven is boarding the truck in the first one. I think jacking the truck. Yeah. Number six is tunnel racing in the fourth movie. So he did one for each movie. Yeah. Number five was diving off the cliff in Fast Five. Number four was the fight scene on the plane on the world's longest runway in six. Yeah. Number three was trying to fight Black Superman in Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Number two was the ice car paids in the, fa- the Fate of the Furious. And then number one was Hallelujah, It's Raining Cars in Furious 7. And for that one, he says, honestly, if I was offered all the things that I just mentioned, a nice dinner with Letty, financial security for life, Star Wars, I'd probably go for it. I'd be dead in a negative amount of time if I'd go for it anyway because I'm greedy like that and I know it. And I will not let myself take the chance. Instead, I'll find a way to time travel back to my own birth and change my own history so this <laughs> yeah. weird meta moment never comes to pass. I'll avoid this plain car driving stunt and all of this ice driving, submarine fighting, family's ridiculous death tempting schemes and no offer would be ever able to convince me otherwise I would live. Yeah. Check out, if you want to read all of his write-ups, all of his descriptions of the stunt, why he would die, how quickly he would die, dead in 60 seconds, ranking the Fast and Furious stunts by how quickly I would die. Yes. That was an awesome article by Brian, by the way. I read it. 
and it was a lot of fun. I found the thing that Matt sent me, and it's from two days ago. It's Paul Walker's manager is now suing the company over the Fast and Furious and other movies. Paul Walker's manager, Matt Luber, is suing the company Vagrant Inc., over commissions he feels he's owed. It comes down to the fact that he was like, that the company functioned as a loan out company and they were loaning out Paul Walker and other artists that it, oh, so like he was his manager. He would loan him out to Vagrant and they would like kind of like book his stuff. They stopped paying him the royalties for Fast and the Furious. He says that they owe him a bunch of money and he's suing them. And they're saying that this could be really interesting because the dispute might make it hard for Paul Walker's character to come back in Fast and the Furious. And we've heard all these rumors lately that Paul Walker will be like remembered in Fast and the Furious somehow. It feels like, and I don't want to speak ill of a family, that there's so, I don't know if it's money problems, but like it's like, I get wanting to be paid what you're owed, but like, like let his memory be you know what i mean yeah we've talked about this i mean like i'm i'm on the side of that i really don't want to see paul walker come back in these like i feel like we should just let him just be it seems like his family has different plans and you know we watched the documentary on paul walker it felt kind of strange to me like maybe his family was in some kind of money troubles and wanted money somehow i hope that's not the case it'll be interesting to see how they do this but this is cool that there's like that there might be legal implications to them not being able to do it you know what i mean like whether they want to or not we might not get him back just because of this yeah yeah that was a cool news from cinema blend i don't know how reliable they are but i used to read cinema blend i think i think they're okay i wouldn't say they're as great i, mm, I think they're probably good but i think they're also verging on clickbait sometimes so i don't know we'll find out yeah this one seems like a real story they had names and stuff so yeah any other news that you have found because i don't think there's any third letter for me okay cool so then the only other thing to do this minute or this episode this intro Mm. whatever we want to say is the fast and furious minute minute 66 we've got two different at least two different titles so either i feel like we have to go with one just based on how we framed this show but the one i called it was there's all kinds of family brian yes another career It's Toretto, Brian. It always has been Toretto. Tran and Hector, they're just fumes. Well, I know you've been lying to me. My question is this. Have you been lying to yourself because you can't see past Mia? He won't go back to prison. Well, that's a choice he's going to have to make. There's all kinds of family, Brian. And that's a choice you're going to have to make. So in this minute, we see Bilkins finish giving Brian his talking to, and Brian and Tanner leave. Tanner then tells Brian what he already knows, the thief is Toretto. Tanner leaves Brian with some heavy questions to ponder. The big takeaway, I think, for me, there's not a lot that happens. There's great quotes. There are iconic quotes, as you just heard. Our tagline, you know, there's all kinds of family. We chose this one. There's all kinds of family, Brian. Like, this is where it came from. It's funny, because you you use that one. I like it, but that's in this speech alone. Like, whenever I think about this speech, I always think of, it's Toretto, Brian. It always has been Toretto. I know, so that's what I was going to do. But what's interesting, and interesting is probably the wrong word, is that you're line reading, you're adding more emotion 
to the line than Tanner actually delivers it with. He just says, like, it's always been Toretto. Like, it's just, like, a fact. You add, like, come on, you know it, man. But, like, he's, like, the way that he delivers, like, yes. this is, like, I'm, I'm basically saying you're giving a better line reading, I think, than Tanner does. The the weight, the emotion, like, the resonance. If you, you add a little bit of line, pauses, it, like, says, like, come on, you idiot. Like, it always has been Toretto. He, he delivers it like a fact. You're right. I had that exact thought, because I was like, I know that you love that line, but I feel like, for the two reasons, number one, this is our tagline, but number two, the fact that, like, the way that you say it has more weight, it feels, than Tanner gives it. I'm like, hey, I kind of, I, I don't know that we can do, I mean, it could be both. I wasn't even talking about the title of this minute. I was talking just in general, like, when you picked the There's All Kinds of Family, we chose this one tagline. It's always funny to me, because when I remember the scene, the line that I oh, remember yes, is yes, that yes, scene yes, yes. first. I love the minute title. Totally fine. The only other real visible note I have here is that Brian kind of walks, it looks like he's going to walk into <laughs> the pool. What was the, like, the Happy Gilmore, like, or Billy Madison, like, when the when the principal just like walks out and just like falls face first into the pool. It's in like a lot of things, but that's what I, that's what it reminded me of. Brian should have just fell face first into the pool. Like, because oh. like we can't see from this camera angle that there are steps down into the pool. He just like basically walks off the cliff, but it's just like a step. And then he does it again, just another step. And he's still not in the water because he's wearing shoes and shoes. It's not like he took his shoes off. He's like bathing, you know, putting his bare feet in there. Yeah. He's like walking down. But again, we've talked about this before, talking about it again now. Brian's saying he won't go back to prison. It's like, Dom says that too, but he he's about to. At the end of four, <laughs> beginning of five, he's about to go back to prison. He's just like, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, that's what happens, I guess. So the only real thing of note, I think, in this, in this minute that is maybe new, although we have seen it back in minute 36, we get another view of the wall of photos that's visible by the entrance. And I grabbed a screenshot. Yes. It's going to be linked in the Fast and Furious minute document if you want to take a look. But you found some cool little tidbits of things that either you see for sure or that might be possibly on the wall yeah so you know we're looking through the glass doors and onto this wall and it's in the background it's not really in focus it was kind of hard for me to see but i found some interesting things there's a giant picture of mia that looks like it could be either like her, one of her like acting like headshots that she would like include in her like acting portfolio do you see which one i'm talking about yes yep. yeah it looks like it's clearly like either like her like senior graduation photo or like something that's like not this isn't a candid like they got this from her and it's like an eight by by 10 like perfect size picture there's some cars in there you see jesse's jetta a few times possibly mia's um acura integra there and then they have all of trans crew there which i find very strange right doesn't it look like there's like a johnny tran mug shot which has to be super fresh i mean it could have been it could have been a previous arrest okay yeah but we don't think that he's really in trouble like with the because like we have a mug shot of dom but dom beat the guy with the wrench so yeah but we have a mug shot of, of letty that you point out it's, like, it's possibly letty here. it's possibly letty what well, feels like on the right actually it looks like there's a picture it looks like twinkie but it's not twinkie i don't know who that is with the i know i thought cap. it too and you know what and i was watching the wire and we've been talking about bodie but i thought it was bodie for doesn't it like a picture of just like bodie sitting on the stoop it kind of looks like fat bodie or fat twinkie yeah there's some other guy and i was also i wish it would have been a picture of tyrese sitting there mm. as like a little hint of too fast but it's not. yeah but they have no idea that they're going to cast tyrese no they don't it, or they were going to make another one of these movies so the coolest coolest thing though that we see mugshots of ted definitively in with the tran crew with the tran crew but he gets two mug shots he gets a side and a front profile above and below yep and then we also have a picture it looks like there's a picture of harry too oh is there 
Is that who that is? The, it looks like the, like the bowling shirt, like the black shirt. Yeah, I was thinking it might I have think been. That's Harry. That makes sense. Yeah, that might have been that. That might have been it. Because we've seen him wear that kind of shirt. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Anything else of note in this minute? I mean, next minute, I, I again the way that we're recording now, I looked ahead because in in the preview of the writing things, and next minute spoilers but uh we're gonna get ferrari so next minute's a big minute we're gonna get neptune's it's a big, net shortly it's a big minute yeah but before we get there is there anything else of note in no. minute 66 it's a great minute i actually watch it a bunch of extra times for fun and i told you this because i just love this minute i love that delivery of the line as you say now i add more inflection to it but it's very like a pivotal moment of the movie that he, they yeah. tell you who the villain is in the middle of the movie and everybody knows it now you know like it's crazy yeah the only trivia question I could come up with, and I don't know if you like this one, I don't know if you have a different one in mind, but how does Tanner describe Tran and Hector? He says they're fumes. Um, I, I have one. In this scene, what name is not said? And they say Tran, they say Brian. It says Toretto, Brian, Hector, Tran, Hector, Mia. Dom would be the name not said. What's tricky about that is he says Toretto. He does refer to Dom. So it's not, I don't think we could say name. We would have to say like, what word is not said, but I feel like that's, it's a delicate balance because they're talking about Dom and they call him Toretto. It's not like they're not saying his name. They're just what not name is not name. said? They don't say Dom. In terms of like legality, trying to hold it up to Mona Lisa Vito in court, that's, that's my benchmark for this. I don't, I think you have to word it in careful way. Like I don't, I like the question. It's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing because I don't love my question. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, dead yeah. set on my question. My, I just wrote that that's down. That's what I was like, saying because you put Tran, you put Hector, you put Brian, Mia, because those are the names that he refers to. But I just think that you can't say what name is not said when he says Toretto. But he doesn't say Dom. I know, but it's it's one like it's one name. It's not like they're it's separate. It's not names. one name. He doesn't say Dominic Toretto. But he's still talking about. I think that's I think that's a question that people get pissed about. That's all I'm saying. But he doesn't say Dom. So it feels nitpicky in a way, and I think we could ask the question in a way. But I feel like the way that we're trying to word it feels like it's a bullshit question kind of and I just, I just want to hold it up that like people won't get pissy well no they do talk about toretto it's like well maybe they don't say dom you know what i mean they say toretto but not dom i know and i just don't think there's enough of a distinction there in the way that you're wording it hmm. so then word it better for me i'm just saying you know what word do they not say what word is not said because i feel like if you say you know who is not named or what name is not said no who is not named is wrong that one i would agree with you on i think what name is not said is different the way that i'm hearing your question is the same way that you're hearing that question that i just said i think that no one would say dom and that's the right answer Hmm. i think everyone would say like mia or hector it just feels like a question that's me that's worded in a way to trick people that's the whole point of this quiz dude i don't think it is i think the whole it's just to have very obscure facts and that's a very obscure fact the thing is with the dialogue here like every Everything, like, I think the fumes one is very easy. I don't think the fumes question is easy. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I don't remember ever hearing they're just fumes before. I mean, what word is not said is like, then it could be like the, and. Well, those aren't options though. Yeah, I know, but that just sounds stupid. I mean, there's not a lot that happens in the scene, which is the difficult thing. I like the idea of your question, but I just don't want it to be one that people get pissy about. That's all I'm thinking. I don't mind people getting pissy about the questions because, like, there's a right and wrong answer to that one. That's, like, not even debatable. Like, he just doesn't say Dom. Yeah, scrap it. That's fine. Any other thoughts about this minute or any of the intro? Do you want to wrap up and go talk about Smokey and the Bandit? No, I think we can wrap up and talk about Smokey and the Bandit. I like this minute, though. I really like this minute. This is one of my favorite ones, so. It's annoying. It's frustrating that, like, it's such a good minute with, like, nothing happening for us to actually, like, micro 
analyze and put in the thing. It, like in like the pool, like there's nothing even in the pool or like written on the side of the pool, like two feet or something, whatever, you know, like any. Because we also can't read Brian's shirt, I don't think, you know, and that's nope. not something that, you know, whatever. But yeah, let's take a break, come back and talk about Smokey and the Bandit. Episode number 99, one before 100, Smokey and the Bandit. In 1977, a distinctive slant nose facelift occurred to the Pontiac Trans Am. Furthermore, the early W72 cars came with the standard 180 horsepower air cleaner. Thank you, Pontiac. Thank you, Pontiac. I, 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 whenever you do these, like you, have, you take such dramatic pauses when you do our sponsorship, and I never know how to edit it. I'm just like, do I... Do I leave that, like, six-second gap between, thank you, Pontiac. Pontiac? Do I leave that in there? Do I take it out? I don't know. I don't know if it's in the ad read. I don't know how they send it to you, so I don't know. There is, there is, you know, dramatic pause in parentheses there, so that's what I'd like to add. I mean, if they ask for it, they're paying the bill, so. Well, so this is the second Hal Needham, Burt Reynolds film. We have talked about this lap. He also, they also teamed up for the Cannonball Run. Yes. Hal Needham also, of note, directed Rad, which is cool. Yes, which we love. What I did not know when we talked about the Cannonball Run, which I found out in the trivia of this one, was that Hal Needham doubled as Burt Reynolds' stunt double in other movies. Especially the movie Gator, which is a pretty big uh, Burt Reynolds movie from the 70s. That's cool. And so when he was working on the set of that, the driver captain, which I guess is the guy who's in charge of the stunt crew, the driver crew, whatever, apparently brought a bunch of beer, brought a bunch of cores from California, Uh... and the maid kept stealing them. And then Hal Needham remembered, he's like, why does this keep happening? He remembered that there was a article in Time magazine about how Coors was unavailable east of the Mississippi because it was not pasteurized and it needed constant refrigeration. And they just didn't have any like factories, any kind of breweries mm. east of the Mississippi. And he realized that bootlegging Coors would make a good plot line for a movie. That's a really cool factoid. Right? Yeah, that's really, really cool. You know, as beer chasers and guys that have gone to drink beers all over the place, that's a lot of fun. A lot of times yeah. beer can't be, I mean, not Coors, but I mean, there wasn't, you know, craft craft brewing in the 70s not like this well so. it feels like i mean based on this it feels like to a certain extent Coors was like a craft brew like it was only available i think in 11 states or something so i mean it's still yes. a widely popular beer in those 11 states but the fact that it's only available in 11 states or whatever it's like oh okay yeah it wasn't like worldwide like bud light you couldn't get it everywhere <laughs> i also want i also found out that Hal Needham had a real difficult time getting this movie made and he only after he got burt reynolds interested that he agreed to star in this movie that he managed to get studio attention apparently the guy who plays cletus aka snowman jerry reed he was supposed to be the original bandit oh really but then hal needham told burt reynolds about it burt's like yeah i'll do that 
He's like, I'll be the bandit. And so then they had, they're like, oh, okay, so then you're going to be, so Jerry Reed, you're going to play Snowman. So we were just talking right before we started that there is a third one of these, which I don't think we're going to do because it's apparently legendarily <laughs> bad. We are not doing the second one this lap, but whenever we do another lap of, you know, classic car movies, we can do Cannibal Run 2, we can do this one too. Mm-hmm. But in the third one, apparently, they try to get Smokey, or they try to get Bandit out of retirement, and he won't. So Snowman becomes Bandit. So mm. like, Burt Reynolds is in that a little bit, but it feels like finally he gets to be the bandit in a movie that apparently is hated by just about everybody. I know that we we play these this this kind of game a lot when we talk about these movies. Like this movie is a Burt Reynolds movie for sure, but I don't think that S- Snowman would be that bad as the bandit, right? Well, I think yeah, I mean like you have to have a charming charismatic lead, but like we don't know a lot about the character. Like you just, I yeah, mean, he, you have to be to a certain extent. You have to be really charming and charismatic. I think Burt Reynolds nails all that. For sure, I agree. But it is a, a lot about the action. It's about the comedy. It's about the car. It's about the stunts. I think a lot of people could have done this. Could they have? Could he have done it as well as Burt Reynolds? I don't know. Probably not. But this is like but... one of the first ones that I wouldn't be like you know where we're like we could never see that or I'd be so angry right. if it was this. This is one that I'm like. Yeah, it might have worked, you know? Like, that might have been okay. I mean, this was the second, apparently, the second highest grossing film in 1977 behind only a little movie called Star Wars Episode Four. Oh, fuck. A.K.A. A New Hope. So this movie was a massive, massive hit. I don't know if it's because of Burt Reynolds. Probably. I don't know if it's because it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. I don't know. But this movie was a huge hit. Dude, this is this is really funny. Like, you, you know, we talk about like how the movies are like the movie industry is changing and stuff like that. And like blockbusters. But like, can you imagine if a movie like this came out today? This would this would be like the equivalent of like Baby Driver now. Right. Budget wise, like you mean huge, you mean huge or what? Baby Driver wasn't the number two movie of the year. The year the Baby Driver came out. You know what I mean? So like I'm saying like that like this movie would be something like Baby Driver. That it's not, oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I wouldn't expect every person to. It's not like the second highest grossing film of the year. You know what I mean? Like, we have so many more blockbusters now. It's just a completely different world. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't imagine a world where this is the second most popular movie in a year. I mean, there were probably what, like, twelve movies that came out in nineteen seventy-seven. No. No, but I mean, like, no, but there are way... Okay, actually, let's take a look here. So, yeah, let's look. I want to see now. So, Smokey and the Bandit in nineteen seventy-seven. On Letterbox, there were three thousand films that came out. Thirty-one hundred. Okay. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean all in studios or whatever, all in theaters. Yeah. But there's thirty-one hundred films, right? Okay. Twenty seventeen, which is when Baby Driver came out, there were twenty thousand eight hundred films. So seven times as many. But what other movies came out in seventy-seven? Besides Smokey and the Bandit and Star Wars, in Big. theaters, possible hits. Yes. Star Wars. Yeah. Annie Hall. Close Encounters, Saturday Night Fever. Whereas in like 2017, when Baby Driver came out, what else came out in theaters? That was probably like one Avengers. It's a different thing altogether. I don't yeah. know that a movie like this would actually get made today because I think it's too small and too weird and like not enough of a plot. Like so. I will say off the bat that I am in love with 1977 Sally Field. I can't imagine anybody who oh. watches this movie is not in love with 1977 Sally Field. She's adorable. She was apparently dating Burt Reynolds in the 70s, and they did four movies together. She's in both Smoking the Bandits. She's in The End and Hooper. They're in, she's in all four of those with Burt Reynolds. Yeah. She would go on to win two Best Actress Academy Awards in the next, like, ten years after this. Damn. But he had to really convince her because she said that the script was not – There was, she called it too slight. Like, there's just not enough going on. And later she would say that there was no script. They just improvised everything. It makes sense. It feels like that. Because they're, like, they're, even movies that, like, feel like, oh, we're not going to – you know, it's just going to be, like, a fun little movie. It's like there's layers of complexity that aren't, like, rarely anymore – and I think it's a bad thing, but I get why it doesn't happen, but rarely is it like, 
okay, go there, get beer, come back. Like, Fury Road did that, but Fury Road is also, like, the best-made movie of the last decade. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, we're going there, and we're coming back. And there's a move. There's a reason those kind of movies resonate, because it's simple, it's fun, it's well-made, you're not complicating things, but nope. I don't think a movie like this would get made. There'd be, like, a whole, like, it would be like Ronin, where it's like, actually, Bandit is, like, in the CIA. It's like, no, what, what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Every time we watch one of these movies from, like, the, like the 70s and 80s, I'm like, fuck, what did we do? Where did we go wrong? You know what I mean? No. Like, like what what turn did we take where we're like, okay, we have to add all of this extra plot in for no reason. Can't I just watch Smokey and the Bandit and watch him just like a car chase for like an hour and a half? And just like, yeah. yeah. So the plot is, if you have not seen Smokey and the Bandit, and I highly encourage you do, it's I awesome, rented this yeah. and then within 15 minutes, I just went on Amazon and I bought the Blu-ray for eight bucks. So oh, nice. Like, I, I want to watch this a bunch. Apparently it was an, a guilty pleasure of Alfred Hitchcock and it's Norm MacDonald's favorite movie. So like that's, oh, you know, there's, that's Alfred two Hitchcock? good recommendations. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock is always watching Smokey and the Bandit. That's an incredible scene in my head. Can you imagine I think him? he died in like the early 80s. Can you imagine just like in his like final five years just like watching this over and over again and be like, man, I love this movie. I know. Like he's like, he, you're like, Grandpa, Grandpa, do you want to watch Psycho again? He's like, nah, but Smokey and the Bandit really does it for me. Yeah. So the plot of this is that uh, the bandit, who is Burt Reynolds, yes. is hired by these two guys, a big man in a blue suit and a little man in a blue suit. It's his father and to son. go get a bunch of Coors beer and bring it back. And that's For a party. Movie. For a party. And they've got to do 900 miles one way, each way, and they have yeah. to do it in 28 hours. Yes. And so Bandit recruits his friend Snowman. Cletus. Who is this guy, Cletus. Yeah. And Cletus is going to be driving the semi and... Burt Reynolds' bandit is going to be running interference in his Pontiac Trans Am, right? Yes. Is it a Trans Am? It's, it's Trans Am, yeah. And the Firebird edition of the Trans Am. And along the way, they pick up Sally Field, who is a bride who left a runaway her, husband, bride. her almost husband at the altar, which we find out later is the son of the cop, right? That is pursuing them. Yeah, he's Smokey's son. Yeah. Like, and actual Smokey. Smokey. Like, I didn't know if Smokey was, like, the truck driver or if Smokey was the car, but Smokey's just, like all cops because they're in the Adirondacks they're in Texarkana they're down there they all call all cops Smokey and so basically Smokey the Smokey is played by Jackie Gleason the comedian and he's just pursuing he's got the jilted groom in the passenger seat of his car yes and they're just chasing even though he's a Texas sheriff he's chasing them all through you know Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama and Georgia yeah and that's the movie it just, they go, they get it, and they come back. <laughs> yeah. And along the way, there's a lot of fun to be had. If you ran Vanishing Point through, like, a comedy filter and put Burt Reynolds in it, it feels a lot like that in some ways, right? Like, if, like, Vanishing Point was, like, very not serious at all. I did write down at one point Vanishing Point, I was like, they have a completely different point of view about how to handle roadblocks. Because <laughs> yeah. Vanishing Point, he obviously, at the end, spoilers for Vanishing Point, drives right into it and blows up. Here, they see the roadblock and just like, okay, we're going to make a left. It's just like, we're not going <laughs> to barrel through. I mean, the truck, the semi barrels through roadblocks several times. But it's a semi. <laughs> right. It's a different thing. It's not like Vanishing Point, I'm going to kill myself. It's like, no, I want to die. Or, yeah. I don't want to die. It's like, I want to I live. I want to go back. One of my favorite lines is not that, it's not about that thing, but, you know, it's near the end. All along the way, there are people on their CB radios, like, you know, running interference. I also want to say, yes, we were supposed to do this earlier, this lap, and I was like, I just want to watch. Like, I, I didn't think I was going to not like this, and I love this movie. Okay. I wanted to watch something that we want, that I'd seen before, so we bumped Back to the Future up, and this got pushed. I can't overstate 
how cathartic this felt. And, like, I am way oversimplifying and overstating this, but the okay. fact that, like, this is about a bunch of different people from a bunch of different backgrounds banding together to say, we got your back, saying, fuck the police, yep. we got yep. you, don't worry about it. Everyone across the board, it felt so good to watch this week. It's just I like, know. It's, even though it's just a cu- couple of good old boys with a Confederate flag on their license plate. Like yeah. That, you know, it's everyone, you know, black guys, white guys, prostitutes, you know, old ladies. They're all just like, <laughs> yep. hey, bandit, we got you. And, like, there's something really wonderful about just seeing a bunch of different people come together and be like, fuck them, fuck the man, we yep. got you. And, like, you're just running beer, he's not doing anything wrong in their eyes, right? Like, they just, yeah. I was thinking that too, man, and I was thinking, like, how much I want to just, like, near the end, like, when they cause all the traffic for the police, like, it's, like, the simplest, tamest, most annoying thing you could do to, like, a police chase is, like, just get, like, a hundred cars. Like, I mean, we've seen it kind of like that in Fast and the Furious, right? But this one, just, like, when you're on, like, backcountry roads and they just, like, all pulled out in front of the cops at the same time, you know how infuriating that would be? Yeah. Like, you've you've been on the other side of it, like, where you're stuck in traffic. Can you imagine you're like, okay, we're gonna get this guy. He just blew by me. Like, the whole police force is on him. And then there's just, like, a hundred cars just, like, driving real slow in the way. I would be so angry. <laughs> they do it several times. They do, like, the yep. truck convoy. They do the funeral procession session after this is cb rated they're like no we got you man because they're like they're getting joy out of hearing bandit like one cop after another just running them into the water there's like three or four cops that wind up in water in this movie yep. like, it keeps happening yep <laughs> they just are there following bandit across the south and they're just saying no we got you we're here to help we need to bring back cb radios i think that's what we're missing now what do you got so there's also trivia about that that this movie like boomed the sales in CB radios and it pissed truck drivers off because like every Tom, Dick, and Harry was just like, oh, Breaker Breaker, this is a a silverback. Uh, What's going on out there? It's like, get off our line. Like, this is supposed to be for actual communication. Oh, that would also be very annoying. It's like your parents found the internet or something, right? Like, right? Yeah, you'd be like, God damn it. But the, the line that I was bringing up before that I really, really loved is when they have the prostitutes like in this trailer, which is a very justified thing. Like there are in that show, there's just like, you know, small town prostitutes that operate out of a trailer. And so they just lure in a cop to, you know, throw him off the scent. Yep. They say, you know, why don't you come by and pay up in person? He says, I'm too pooped to pop. And I was like, that's a great line. That's a great line. But then like the next scene, uh, he and Sally Field are together. And like over the course of the movie, they fall in love. And she says, well, what are we going to do when we get home? He says, go to bed for a week. She says, good idea. He says to sleep, and she says, want to bet? And I was like, oh my god. Like, that's just <laughs> adorable. It's sexual. It's hilarious. They're, like, oh, it's just man. everything, that whole interaction between them. I'm like, oh, no wonder they're dating in real life, because, like, there is just such banter and chemistry there, and I loved it. I agree, and this is another thing, you know, that we don't get in the newer movies, is that, like, in a new movie and an HBO show now, they could be like, we're gonna go and fuck for a week. And it, like, loses that playful innuendo-ness that they can't have, like, they can't overtly say that in this movie, right? Without, like, getting, like, censored by the MPAA. To have to work around and kind of build this playfulness makes it a lot of fun too the dialogue i think benefits greatly from it from not being so direct yeah because back then in 77 it was either pg or was r basically families could go or families were not supposed to go right and this is a pg rated movie there are two points where i'm like in terms of the fast and furious the connections the fast action like do they get the fuck like at one point you know they're on the they're it's the back and forth it's band smoking and bandit on the cv and like taunting each other whatever 
And he says to this, Bandit says to Smokey, like, something about F.O. He goes, what does F.O. mean to you? He just gets, he's like, ah, oh, I'm not, because he's, like, so against profanity. This guy is, like, this upstanding, you know, good old country boy from Texas, you know, this sheriff, you know, upholding the law. And then later, when he gets chewed out by this small town cop who's like, you can't drive this car, because his car gets obliterated throughout this movie. Like, they <laughs> get, demolished. it becomes a convertible, the door gets knocked yep. off, like, it just it's breaking down and then he tells the cop after he's like i don't want to hear this language i don't hear this language he tells the cop to fuck off but the fuck gets covered up by the the, tr- the truck horn yes and so it's another like you get it but you don't hear it so again it sort of slips under the the sensor which i thought was just a very smart thing to do it's so cool i agree I really liked it. So what fast connections? you pick up any fast connections that you saw in this movie before we, you know, before we pop around? Go so for it. many. And also I think fast connections now also entails like other movies that we've covered too, right? It's like fast connections to both yes. movies, but also to like other movies that we've covered. Yeah. The very, very obvious one is we get a Tej bridge jump in this. Mm-hmm. Get a full, I mean, it's a wooden bridge. It's not like, you know, uh, what is that called? Like a bridge that lifts? Like a suspension bridge? No, the one that like comes up for like a boat. I know what you're talking about, like in two, but I don't know what it's called. It's not a suspension bridge yeah yeah but it's like the, the yeah. it has its own name a bascule bridge no drawbridge um, drawbridge bridge. drawbridge drawbridge that's what i was looking for apparently the technical term is bascule b-a-s-c-u-l-e mm, interesting yeah drawbridge it's not a drawbridge also by the way when they landed like they make the jump right in the trans am yes and that fucked up one of the cars so like we can't use this car anymore like they made the jump so hal needham real quick before we get back to that Go ahead, wanted no. i think he wanted like six of those and he got four pontiac's like i'm only gonna give you four okay and he wanted four lamont which is the the car that the like the sheriff's car, but yes. he only got two of those. But by the end, they had totally wrecked three Trans Ams, and the fourth wouldn't start. So they had another car literally push the Trans Am into the scene. <laughs> but apparently, because this movie was such a big hit, like they went, the, the Trans Am sales jumped from sixty-eight thousand to ninety-three thousand, and then one hundred and seventeen thousand in the years following. And oh yeah, because this movie made so much money. When they had the sequel, they asked for and easily received 10 Trans Ams and 55 Bonnevilles. So, like, Pontiac was like, yeah, like, sure, whatever you want. Like, we got it. But, like, here, I guess they were playing hardball. That's a cool thing about this. Like, right? You make a movie with that has an iconic car in it, and all of a sudden, like, the car maker's like, fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can do whatever you want from now on, guys. Like, you're good. Yeah. But yeah, back to that bridge jump. So, they, it is a very Tej moment. Yeah, we had that. So, I was like, oh, that that's really cool. All the cars falling in the water, but you already said that. One of my other ones was right before the bridge jump he like rounds the corner and he and uh, bandits on the cb radio and he says i'm just coming down a two-lane blacktop yes yep mm-hmm. i wrote that down yeah i had that one there's one point where 15 minutes in he invades his first cop so the way that he's doing it and i think i, I hinted at this in the plot summary basically by all means protect the truck because if the truck gets pulled over they're fucked because it has all the stolen beer they're bootleggers they're gonna go to jail yes yep and so if there's a cop, smoke or a bandit is supposed to, I keep calling him, I keep wanting to call him Smokey because like it feels like he should be the lead of the title, but bandit is supposed to basically distract the cop so that whatever the truck is doing or the truck could be doing, you know, speeding, whatever, the cop is more in- inclined to go after bandit. Right? Yes. So like 15 minutes in, he evades his first cop. And I think we had read about this in Death Proof, but Burt Reynolds stops turns to the camera yep. and smiles like it's stuntman mike and i was like hell yeah i think that was the minute where i was like okay now i gotta buy this movie like i gotta see how much this is and i was like <laughs> oh eight bucks yeah absolutely yeah when he breaks the fourth wall and he kind of just like winks at the camera it's like it's so good other little fast connection that i saw is when sally fields 
and Bandit, you know, have their romantic outside date. And then she gets over and climbs on his lap and is sitting there riding like Han and Giselle, right? Well, they have the actual romantic Han and Giselle by the end where, like, he's driving and she's making out. There's points where she's, like, lying on his lap, like, just like they're talking. Before they have the actual successful Han and Giselle, which I loved in this movie is that she drives for a while. But at one point, he's like, okay, let's switch. Like, you know, you've done enough. Like, let me get back behind the wheel. Like, I'm not, he doesn't say, like, I'm a professional, but, like, let me handle this. Yeah. And they try to switch, and they can't. He's like, I've seen this happen in the movies, basically. I see, like, it, should, it should happen. But, like, she's, like, awkwardly sitting on his lap with her head, like, poking up over Through the, the sunroof. Sun and, yeah. like, it looks horribly uncomfortable for both of them i love that i I think that that has to be a scene where like you just said that there's not really like a script and and, like a lot of it was improv that has to be a scene where like they were trying to do it and then burt reynolds just throws in the i've seen this in movies before and you're just like the line is too fucking good to cut out like yeah you know what i mean like if he was doing it and sally fields is like oh shit like they're like okay we're gonna do like you know the switch while we're driving like that's the scene that we're gonna shoot here and they go to do it and they just like fumble it really hard and he's like Mm -hmm. i've seen this in movies before and like (laughs) You're just like, yep, dude, you got it. Like, that's it. We can't, yeah. we can't take that out. It's, it's, it, there's yeah. no better version of this than that. So exactly, Buford T. Justice, who is the is the sheriff. Uh, he's apparently model. So Burt Reynolds' father was the chief of police in Jupiter, Florida, and apparently <laughs> knew a guy named Buford T. Justice. Wow. And so they just kind of made this character wow. after him, which is a very weird and kind of cool thing. Can you imagine if your name was Buford T. Justice? Like, you have to I've, be I've sheriff. heard that name. Have you heard that name before or no? Yeah, they. I mean, they use it as an homage to Smokey and the Bandit and, like, a bunch of different things. I didn't know what it was from, though. I was just like, I just knew the name from something. Like, I knew that the name was someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it, it's probably in, like, The Simpsons. It's probably in South Park, it's probably in Rick and Morty. You know what I mean? Like all of these kind of cartoons that they'll have like right. a cop named this. Throughout the movie, he keeps calling people some bitch, and I was just like, oh, that's a very, very Hobbes thing. And I wonder if, rock. like, yes. just the rock in his persona, just, I mean, it's probably just like a Southern thing. It's like the law thing, but like just calling people like you some bitch. Like it's just the same kind of intonation, the same kind of inflection, just Ooh. very reminiscent. Now that you brought that up, I wanted to tell you this story. I didn't get to tell you it. We're watching this movie. Bandit has a Confederate flag on the front of his car, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw this post the other day that like Stone Cold, the wrestler, like Steve Austin, had posted like, you know, the Confederate flag is bad. Right. And he was like yeah. the, the Southern wrestler. Right. And um, somebody was like, no, it, it, it stands for, you know, states rights and and, you know, Southern pride and stuff like that. And he responded as Stone Cold to this person it. in all caps. And he finishes it with like, and you racist some bitch. And that's the bottom line. And like, just like, <laughs> that's just how he ended the response. I mean, that's better than, like, Seth Rogen put a thing on Instagram, saw. basically, like, Black Lives Matter, if you disagree, you can unfollow me, and everybody's just like, come on, man, like, I, I yeah. know you're going to, like, lib, and he just responded to literally everyone, just said, fuck <laughs> off, unfollow me, to every single one, and, like, that was great, but, you know, Stone Cold acting, responding in character, like, in Stone Cold, that's... being someone who is, like, he's your hero, he's, you I know, know. I, like, my like my favorite person in the world, Stone Cold, <laughs> like, when he's in the ring and kicking ass, like, that's me, man. He's a southern boy, I can relate exactly. to him. Him. You see him like say like the thing that you hold dear is bad, and you're like, oh man. And then like to have him come at you in character has got to yes. be like the most like mind warping. Like that was cool, but man, like I thought I thought you were on my side. I thought you were one of us. Yeah, ex- that's what I was saying. It was so beautiful. Like he just like he totally just laid it all out and then finished it with like, and that's the bottom line. And just like that's how it ended. And I was like, yeah, wow. 
incredible. Yep. So uh, yeah, so the so you saying some bitch and the Confederate flag in this was making me think of that that I saw this week. It was really awesome. Yeah, for sure. Another fascination we get is we get a. Uh, we get a cop car jumped onto a truck. I wrote that down. That was a re- kind of a reverse fascination because we kept having cars fall off trucks, but this one lands on a truck. He's like, I don't. And it, to do it reminded me of Too Fast with the car onto the boat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it like the way it jumped up and lands like in it and like kind of yeah. you know kind of kind crooked. of crookedy, kind of hanging off a little bit. Yep, yep. That's what I was thinking about. And then he goes, "Can you let me off at the next exit?" <laughs> Like, he was just, like, hopping along. I did not know. I mean, obviously, everybody, like, if the, the show was named after it, everybody knows the song Eastbound and Down, which would go on to be yes. one of uh, Jerry Reed's biggest hits. Oh, Jerry Reed. Okay, also, but, yeah, Jerry go ahead. Reed. I was going to tell you this, but I'm sure that you read it in well, the Jerry trivia. Well, Jerry Reed, who plays ahead. Snowman, he's the singer. He's yes. the guy who wrote that yeah. song. I never knew that there was a Westbound and Down, too. Yeah, it just, they play, like, a very slow clip of it at the beginning when they're starting the movie because he's going west. Yeah, well, well, they're going west. Yeah, exactly. But there's also at one point, and I don't think it's written by Jerry Reed, but there's another one where like... The Bandit one? Yeah, when Bandit, when Bandit and Frog, who's Carrie, who's Sally Field, Mm -hmm. she says, do you ever take your hat off? He says, I only take my hat off for one thing because he's wearing a cowboy hat the entire movie. Yep. And... You know, he doesn't say it, but like that one thing is sex. And they exactly. Say, she's like, she's like, I think you should take the hat off. And he takes the hat off. But like underneath, there's like a song that's just like, Bandit, it's Bandit. I'm just like, <laughs> this is like amazing. Like, it's just like a theme song playing underneath. This is the first note that I have. I know that we get like, you know, um, See You Again. And we mm. got Luda doing Too Fast, Too Furious. I really miss when like a movie would have like, all a wholly original score like yeah. like a wholly original soundtrack like like yeah. you watch the movie and they're like okay we're gonna make every song for this movie because like this this one had like four or five original songs in it right there's eastbound and down there's westbound and down there's whatever the banded thing is and then probably at least one more yeah so i was like damn dude like i really wish we would have like more original fast and the furious songs like i know that we get some so i'm not like asking too much out of turn here they do have great soundtracks too you know we're fans at the same time, like, can you imagine, like, a full Fast and the Furious, like, original soundtrack? I'd be like, oh, damn, dude. With, like, you know, like, mentioning, like, when, like, Dom comes in and kicks him out, you know, and, like, all these kind of things. So what do we have? We have, obviously, See You Again. Too Fast and Furious. Too Fast. Tokyo Drift. Yes. Whatever Idris raps on. Remember, he, like, basically does, like, a Will Smith rap of, like, yep. the plot in Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. That's, like... Five across nine movies? Is there probably is there more or is there not more? Does Ja Rule do an original one in the first one? I feel like I feel like one of the Ja Rule songs might be an original one. Well he has yeah, he has a song called Furious. Yes, exactly. So there's six there's probably like one per movie, maybe, right? But like Yeah. But there's also there's like there's songs where like I don't I don't know, I don't think that Don Zucaduro was written for five, but like it became written. You know what I mean? Like it's one more just like, oh, this is the song, like this is the fast five song. No, but I mean like I want a song that like references shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like talking about, like, what's going on in the movie right now. Like even. a Will Smith rap. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's out of fashion. Unless you're Will Smith, like, that doesn't happen anymore, I don't think, right? So No, it doesn't. But I'm saying, oh, like, yes. why not, dude? Like, come on, man. I, I would I would love to hear this. So, yeah, it's just yeah. me venting. Sorry. I love seeing, at the end especially, like, they are both hauling ass this entire movie. Whoever the stunt drivers are. Like, we were talking about, remember when it was, yeah. oh, the original Gone in 60, when we were, like, tow truck doing, like, crazy U-turns and, like, E-brake 180s and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And, like, here they have the semi, like, cranking Tokyo drifting around, yeah. like, tight corners and well in control. I was like, damn, like that's that's good driving. That's good drifting. It seemed like when we were watching it, though, there was a couple points where I thought that it looked like they sped up the tape a little bit. It did, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like that, but even still, I was like, 
he's still cruising and like but i think like at the end that was good like there was one point in the middle where like they both come around a turn like the camera is like street yep. level and like the bandit car the pond like the trans am kind of looks normal and then the truck comes around like way like janky and fast i was like oh this is like they were both going slower or whatever but by the end that aerial shot i think that seems in real time yeah i agree which is crazy and he, they're like blowing through people i'm like you guys are very brave to see this like semi full of beer come barreling through the thing and you're just like cheering on the side i would be so far away from that road like yeah yeah like i'm not that brave definitely not me i don't know what smoking the band of two is about i did not look it up i could but i did not i never think it's going to be them getting the clam chowder or do you like do you think the two is going to take place immediately after one or no no i don't know i have no idea do you want me to look up or no Uh, yeah i want like a one sentence synopsis i want like the biggest the biggest tilder version we can get if it's like i just want to know if they're getting the clam chowder or not they're transporting an elephant okay so now it's not the <laughs> continuation of this movie. No, it's just a he's cro- it's cross country run, and Buford T. Justice is on his tail again, and Buford T. Justice is the is in the third one too. So okay, cool. Because it w- it would be cool. Like there are certain sequels where like it takes place immediately following the first one. Like Halloween two takes place as soon as Halloween one ends. Yeah. Like Quantum of Solace takes place immediately when Casino Royale ends. Like there is a precedent or there's a history of those kind of things happening. But here it could have been, but it's also like do we really want to just show them? I mean, it, there is kind of something fun I think about them going like immediately like just when they're still burnt out but i don't know yeah yeah i don't know either were there any other fast connections i have some more trivia and stuff but i don't know if i don't know if i have any more notes are there other fast connections or anything else you want to talk about with regards to the movie just because of, like you know we were talking about the time and the climate as soon as he picks up sally fields and we get introduced to buford t justice he starts like the things he's like look like she disrespected me she disrespected you and that's just pure old-fashioned communism and i was like what like rachel and i looked at each other we're just like oh yeah like that's just you know like when like you have like a buzzword and like everything becomes this thing yeah that, no, no those those things weren't communistic at all, at all but okay fine you just want to call her communist for some reason so like I, I really enjoyed that line just like right now buzzword man damn social you're like well no not that part but sure right if you want to be yeah. angry about it cool there's some other good lines in here that I had oh she's like why do you do this or like oh no when he goes to pick up the snowman right Mm -hmm. and he's like it's for the old the old American life the money the glory and the fun and I was like yeah that sums it up that's pretty yeah. cool, right? But mostly the money. But mostly the money. But, but, yeah, exactly. Then I was like, oh, that's perfect. So then they're like just driving, and he has the dog with him, and he's like, oh, I think we might have gotten ourselves into. He's talking to the he's talking to the dog Fred, right? And he's talking to Fred, and he's like, Fred, we might have gotten ourselves into some trouble because Smokey's as crazy as you are ugly, and I was just like great line like that's just Poor hilarious dog. to me well what i actually think in that regard is a, a very smart thing that this movie does and this is something that i learned from tobin when I took a screenwriting class is that it's really hard to advance narrative or to make movies interesting when it's just like one person in a car oh and yeah all three of them have someone and obviously snowman talking to the dog is a little bit different but you know they pick up frog the sheriff has the son which apparently that was jackie gleason's idea he's like i would play better it would be easier for me i think it would be a better movie if i have someone to bounce off of and so he basically said hey put this other guy in the car with me because i think it'll be better overall sense. and it works right like yeah. even though the, the son is not a huge point he's able to like make fun of him or get frustrated at him or whatever and so or tell i tell him to do something and like yeah, exactly. you just have a, a ability to do an action and so i think the fact that 
each of them to a certain degree, like obviously the, the main one is Bandit and Frog, right? Like yeah. that's the main thing here, but like each of them has someone. So we're able to learn more about each. I think that's a really small thing, but a smart thing they did. I agree. When they're having that conversation and she's like, have you ever seen a chorus line? He's like, do you know who Richard Petty is? And like, they go back and forth and he's like, how dumb you are depends on where you're standing in this country. Yeah. Your perspective you know, your whole nurturing and your upbringing plays a role into, like, why we don't know these things about each other. And, like, mm-hmm. it's just just where I was. So it was it was a really cool little thing to think about right now. Well, we have the internet now, right? So everything's, like, much more open and stuff like that. But, like, back then, you know, she doesn't know who Waylon Jennings is and who the NASCAR drivers are and stuff like that just because, like, she's not from here. So that's how yeah. it works. Anything else about the movie? Any other points? Any other thoughts? Any other... Besides, okay, the last thing was there is a Happy Birthday America sign. And when they pull up to the to get the beer, like the it has a Happy Birthday America sign on the beer store, like the distributor store. And I was just like laughing about that because I always say Happy Birthday America instead of like Happy Fourth of July, you know, or like make fun mm-hmm. of America's birthday as opposed to saying Fourth of July. You had an idea before this episode that's something that we did on literally not a hundred, but like we did like sixty times probably. I was so disappointed. Zach so, attack. Yes. Actually, more than that because we did like fifteen magic mics. Yep. So probably seventy-five times already. Yes. That longtime listener like Jenny. I don't know if anybody else really followed us over from those to here. But Jenny, but, would like get Jenny it. knows this. The other day, I got really yep. frustrated because I was sitting there. I was actually doing like you know thinking about the pre-roll. I was trying to find the Gone in sixty seconds trailer, the original nineteen sixties version, Gone in sixty seconds right. trailer, and I remembered that we used to play this game like. Joey's saying that at the end of the movie, because we had never seen a lot of these movies, we'd watch the trailer. Or even for the movies that we have seen, I don't know if I have seen the trailer. Like, it's a different thing altogether. So, like, I, I wanted to reintroduce this. I'm kind of disappointed we haven't been doing it. Well, because you, you first you first said to me, you're like, we should be watching the trailers. I was like, oh, no, we are, like, in a future lap of the movies, we're going to talk We're gonna talk about, like, everything, like, yes. every, like in the trailers and stuff. You're like, no, 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 no. The trailers from the movies we're watching, I was like, oh, yeah, obviously. Like, how did I not? Like, it's so (laughs) obvious in retrospect, and we just never did it. So, yeah, we've been missing out. Usually, we watch the trailers. We'll see. So we are going to now watch the trailer for Smoking the Bandit. If you look on YouTube, it is called Smoking the Bandit Official Trailer Number 1, Burt Reynolds Movie 1977. By Movie Clips Classic Trailers. And I'm going to put the audio underneath this. If you want to watch along at home, you can. You don't have to. Just think about, like, the Fast and Furious Minute, but just for the trailer. And then we're going to play one other game or a series of little games. Yes. That we used to play on the other ones, too. But I just, like, it's such an obvious thing in retrospect. I know. I don't know how we fucking missed it. I I don't know either. All right. Three, two, one, play. Ooh, a blue MPA. Look at that. The special preview has been approved for all audiences. Okay. Here we go. Little old hat comes off from the jump. A warm, so they're selling this as a romance. Maybe it's going to be... A close personal I think it's going to cut into comedy. Oh. Between a man and a woman. Yeah, because they're saying you know it's a, it's a relationship between a man and a woman. His dog. A trucker and his dog. Between a father no and his son. No oh yeah, they're making this out to be serious so they could do something funny. I like this already. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, we get the bridge jump in the trailer. Yeah, spoilers. Damn. I love that song so much. Like, we listen to that song a lot in this house. Oh. This Trans Am is really cool, too. 
I also love the, like, I was thinking, and I'll, t I'll actually talk more about it, but about Burt Reynolds' introduction in this. I want to talk about it after the trailer. Cool. Oh, $80,000. $80,000 is a big come up, too, by the way. Yeah, it's like three fifty today. Makes sense. Fred's, <laughs> Fred's in the trailer. <laughs> I love it. Same. Oh, also the the painting, like the mural on the side of the truck is beautiful. So cool! I bet every trucker in the world's like, I want to do that to my truck one day. You know? Like, yeah. yep. I wonder if Nick, you know, I'm sure Nick has seen this movie. I'm sure Nick loves this movie. But uh, as our resident long haul trucker, like, I want to know what Nick's handle is too, by the way. And if he's ever had a Fred in his car. Oh. Oh, also, there's a shot I made a note that Jenny in our family watch party asked if we ever see pedals in movies, and we see the gas pedal, the brake pedal, ah, we do. in one scene of this. We do. Yeah, that's right. She did ask us during our watch party that. Yeah. Oh, also him getting his ass kicked by the bikers and then just running over the bikes was great. I know. Rachel loved that part. And we got a, oh, we got a drift under a car, but the car... Yeah, it's not as smooth as uh, Brixton. No, 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 but like even the, the, the Civics in the first one. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like driving under the tractor trailer, but it just takes the, the roof off of them. Yeah. I love that when they get to the end, yeah. <laughs> That's not where I thought that line was going. Oh, I love that the, the last word bandit, like, skidded past the screen, had to come back in. Actually, I found another, it reminded me, I was thinking about, so there's two things I want to talk about. Talk about the introduction later, but I want to talk about Frog, about Sa Sally Field. Okay. I love her getting changed out of the wedding dress. Like, she takes the wedding dress up over her head and changes into clothes. Like, we don't see, and there's no nudity in this. No. Movie. There's nothing even approaching nudity. It's funny, and it's sexy, and it's like all the, like, and just the way that they're having a conversation, you can't see her, you can just hear her through the dress, and I think it's great. And he's like, on the CB radio, he goes, I got the radio here, and she's just like, what da 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 and just like rambling to herself, and he's like... Yeah, but what I really, another connection that I found to Death Proof, and this might be where they got it from, is she's walking away, like, they pull over to give Fred the food, because they get the burgers, there's like a run-in yes. at the diner, it's so, it's so funny, where Bandit is eating, he's picking up the burgers and the iced tea, and he's there, and then Smokey comes in out of breath, he's like, give me a Diablo, which is apparently like a spicy, sloppy joe, Ooh, and a Dr. Sounds Pepper, good. so it's a Diablo and a Doc, and he's like, you know, Burt Reynolds is like having a conversation, like, hey man, like, who are you chasing, because he knows who he is, yeah. like, who are you chasing, what are you after, <laughs> he's like, let me let me pay for it, you're law enforcement, You got, I got it, I got it, so they pull over the side of the road to give snowman the burgers that fred can eat as they're walking back you know snowman says to he's like hey bandit great like whispering like great ass and sally field hears him and she says thank you and i was wondering it's not exactly that and i'm sure this has been in a lot of movies if you remember in death proof rose mcgowan is leaving with stuntman mike and they're talking about like she's probably gonna fuck him or whatever she's like i can hear you it's like the same like yeah never really out of earshot it's like you're walking away with the cool driver who's about to do some cool stuff that you're maybe falling a little bit in love with at the point it's just kind of a similar moment whether it's modeled after this or not because it's a different context but it's something that reminds me of that the same way as if you break the fourth wall well and tastefully it works really well the same way that it reminds you like oh you're watching a movie but doesn't really bring you out of it you know what i mean like because normally in a movie you'd hear that and you'd be like oh only we heard that or like she didn't hear that but for her to hear it you're like oh fuck she did hear it. you know what i mean like it yep. kind of throws you out but then it brings you right back in and it's like it's a lot of fun the other thing i want to point out from the trailer is this is something that i said to mike like only after we did all of cage and all of keanu and all of shia and all of crew or charlie's and all of Cruz and half of hanks 
when I was editing our award nominations episode for Cruise, which is going to be up soon, I was like, shit, Mike, we should have had all along best introduction to a character. Because there's certain movies where like there's just like a badass introduction. Like the first movie that Tom Cruise is in, this movie called Endless Love, which you would love, by the way. They remade it a couple years ago, but this original one is trashy and wonderful. Okay. And I think we probably told you about it when we watched it, you know, like a year and a half ago. But he literally runs on screen from a soccer field, runs on screen, talks about wanting to set fires, and then 41 seconds later runs off screen. It's just like, <laughs> that was, whoa. That was his whole role in the movie? That's the whole role in the movie. So we watch this entire movie, and like it's it's beautiful trash. In Charlie Wilson's War, which Tom Hanks is in, there's like the Julia Roberts character you hear about, and then you hear her on the phone, and you see a mural of her only after all of that that you actually see her as a person. It's like, ah. like the mythology of this woman has been built up. That's really Here, cool. I think it's also really cool where, like, they're, you know, we know that Bandit or whatever, his, I think his name is Bo, he's this local hero that he's, you know, he's getting paid by the day to just be there and sign autographs. But the fact that he goes and he's just, like, in a hammock asleep with the hat over his face, like, we, we know who it is without oh, yeah. seeing who it is. And it's just, like, a cool, like, subtle way to inject, you know, who this guy is. And I think it was a really smart, really cool... It was really cool. ...really uh, interesting, badass kind of portrayal. He's so nonchalant and, like, endlessly cool that he's just, like, in the hammock, just unbothered by this. Yep. Yeah. Now, the last thing that we're going to do in this game, the other game that we played on Zack Attack and Boy From Material and Magic Mics is called the Letterbox Game. So there's a couple different games here. We played this on, I think, on our Diagnostics episode of the first ones. So you probably, if you are a astute listener, if you remember, have good memory... There's a couple different games here. So Smoking the Bandit, 1977. So the first thing we're going to play, how many people have seen this movie? So Joe, for reference. Yes. And for Mad reference, we always Road. use Mad Max Fury Road as the yeah. reference standard. Uh, why? Because it is one of, if not the most popular movie on Letterboxd. Exactly. That's At the time, it was the most viewed movie on Letterboxd. So that's always our standard. Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 576,000 people. Okay. Okay. Smoking the Bandit, 1977, directed by Hal Needham, starring Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed, and Jackie Gleason, has been seen by how many people? I'm going to go 47,000. Lower. Oh, really? 25. Lower. Really? 17. 18, 17, 509. So I was trying to factor in like the age scale, but like how classic it was. You know what I mean? Because I'm assuming that a lot of people on Letterboxd are, are probably around 30 or under. I don't say this to be to make a joke, but it, it, it feels mostly like film critics, like film snobs and gay high schoolers. Like just exactly. that's it. And queer, and queer high schoolers. It's just, it's those two audiences and that's it. So like, I don't think that this is one that a lot of like 16 year old girls are going to exactly. be liking. <laughs> yep. A lot of the people I follow on Letterboxd have seen this as I've rated this, but only 18,000 people have logged it. So now, out of those 18,000 people, okay. has an average rating of 3.5, which is really good. Okay. Weirdly, there are almost an equal number, literally within 40, of three-star ratings, three-and-a-half-star ratings, and four-star ratings. Damn. There's like 2,350 of each. Like, I've never seen a graph where it's like basically th- like a solid line through those three. Like, it's just a really weird thing to happen. How many of the 18,000 or 17,509 how many people put it in their top four? Oh, um... Keep in mind that Alfred Hitchcock, as far as I know, is not on Letterboxd. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know that Norm MacDonald is either. I would say six. Higher. Fifteen? Higher. Twenty-seven? Higher. Really? Damn, this is higher than I expected. Okay, forty-five. Higher. A hundred? Over a hundred? Sixty-eight. 68. Wow. So proportionally, I think probably really high. Like, not That's a lot of people... really high. According to Letterboxd, have seen this. 
but the people who have seen this love this. Even if a movie's, you know, has a hundred thousand five star ratings, for it to be in a top five is like or top four is really, really hard. Yeah, I thought it would have been much lower, but that's awesome. So the people that do see it, love it, and love it hard. Yep, I have. Uh, so there's one other thing that we have to do, and I found a great... Actually, here, hold on. Let me see what this guy's is. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I found I found a good one. Yeah, I find somebody who, of those 68 mm-hmm. people, who has it in their top four, who ideally gave it a five-star rating, wrote a review, has a picture, basically uses the service as it's supposed to be used. So I found Brent at Catfish Billy on Letterboxd. Okay. Five stars says, beautiful mustache, cowboy, bad boy. What could make Burt Reynolds more charming? A big block 1977 Trans Am. Now add a transport and a 54-foot trailer full of Coors Banquet, and you have the perfect movie. Wow. Five stars. Wow. So now Brent on Letterboxd has Smoking the Bandit as his number four movie. Okay. Top three, you're trying to guess. Two in the same series... We have not talked about these yet, but given what these movies are about or who's in these movies, I will not be more specific than that yet. Two in the same series, they will be covered on this podcast one day. The two in the series are both this century. Like they came out, those movies came out in 20, 2006 and 2009. And then the other movie is from the early 80s. But you can oh, get all three. Okay. Are they all car movies? None of them are car movies. Although in one of them, the poster includes a vehicle. Not a motor vehicle, Ugh. but a vehicle. What the fuck? 2006, 2009. Yep. It's a movie and a sequel. There have never been a third one. It's just these two movies. Standalone as this thing. Starring someone in the franchise, in the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, fuck. Uh, Riddick. No, there's like four of those. Damn. Starring someone from Fast and the Furious. They're both action movies. Both action movies. Two of my main... I mean, if I had to rank like my 100 favorite movies, I think they'd both be in there. Oh, and this is another one. Uh, going back to what I was saying before, that the sequel happens immediately following the first movie. Who's the actor? What, let me think. Give me if another I tell you clue. that, I think it's going to be too easy. Give me another clue, then. Is it the transporter? No, but you're really close. There's also, there's three of those. Okay, so Statham? Mm-hmm. What else was he in? Not the transporter. These movies rule. These movies are so good. Like Crank? Crank and Crank High Voltage are okay. his number one and number two favorite Oof. movies of all time. We got there eventually. Number three, there is a vehicle on the poster. I'm trying to be weird and vague, but also helpful. Of all the movie moments... This is gonna be this is gonna be infuriating. Like it's a very specific clue that you're gonna have no context for whatsoever. Okay. But of all the movie moments, of all the movie scenes that include this vehicle, yeah. I think this is probably the most to use a Brian High School Summer Party Rodriguez term, the most iconic. There's something that happens in this movie with a vehicle, okay. not a motor vehicle, yes. a vehicle that is probably the most iconic way that this vehicle has ever been used in a movie. And it's on the poster. Is it like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but a skateboard. No, but you're not, like, you're on the right track in terms of the vehicle, sort of. Okay, um... But, I mean, I guess you I guess you always would be, because, like, there's not a lot of vehicles that aren't... Yeah, like... It's not an... Ex- well, I, mm. Is it, like, Rad with the bike? Nobody knows Rad. Like, I love Rad, but, like, Rad, it's not, it's not an iconic, like, this is... Super But it is a bike. It is a bike. It is a bike. Okay. What is the most iconic... I don't know if you're... I don't know if it's gonna be top <sighs> of brain for you. I don't know if you're gonna agree with me. What's the most iconic bike shot, bike moment, bike scene in e. any movie ever? E.T.? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because the poster is just yes. him 
Elliot with E.T. Mm-hmm. on the bike in the basket in front of the moon. I would argue that Pagemaster has the most iconic bike part ever, but that's... I've never even seen Pagemaster. I don't even know if I've, I've heard of it, but, like, I don't know Pagemaster. <sighs> well, you're fucking up, dude. Pagemaster's a great movie. Is this like you and Rachel saying last night, like, yo, you want to see a great movie? Watch In Time. And everybody in the watch-along was just like, wait, did you say great movie In Time? Like, nobody's ever called that a great movie. Is this... Is this... No, Page Master is a fucking classic. It's a sleeper children's pick. It's like Short Circuit. It's along those kind of lines. Do you remember Short Culkin. Fucking Page Master is great. I'm telling you, it's a it's a great movie. People know. If you agree, write in. I mean, I'm not saying it's not, but I don't think it it can compare to E.T. with um, <laughs> no. E.T. Us being a bit facetious, but I, I love Page Master, and I think it should get more respect than it does. Any other thoughts about Smoking the Bandit before we announce next week's movies? No, it's awesome. Just fucking see it. Oh, and you know what? The last thing that I didn't say, I don't think that this is very on-brand, or maybe it is because it's so off-brand. I spend a lot of time listening to, like, old honky-tonk country music like i hate mm-hmm. country music i hate modern country so much i couldn't name like one kenny chesney song honky tonk like this kind of like waylon jennings fucking these kind of songs oh god they just do something for me and like i can listen to them all the time like i would love to just play this in a bar all that it's like perfect bar music for me for some reason i don't know why but i love it next week yeah. On Tuesday, we have our 100th episode spectacular. So nothing so, to watch. Oh. Got a lot planned. I don't know, in planning what this is going to be, I don't know if this is going to be a supremely long episode, an unexpectedly short episode, or right on pace. I don't know. It could be any of those things. It I don't know how be. it's going to shake out. Yeah, true. But Tuesday, the 100th episode. And then, so we only have this lap, four more effectively pit stops. Yeah. Only four more movies that we're watching, four more classic car movies. Next Friday, we're watching a movie that I have not seen, a movie directed by William Friedkin, a movie called To Live and Die in L.A. Okay, doesn't Tarantino reference that at some point, too? Probably. I think so. A fearless Secret Service agent will stop at nothing to bring down the counterfeiter who killed his partner. Oh. I, from what I understand, yeah, there's a car chase. This is not a car movie, but I think there's a, a spectacular, from what I understand, a great car chase. And okay. this is overall a great movie. So even if it's not like, it's not a comedy. I think it's just an action movie. It's yeah. an action thriller, action crime. So it's not going to be like Midnight Run, but I'm going to compare it to Midnight Run in that like, it feels like even if it's not exactly a movie we should be covering, it's going to be a great movie to watch and a great movie to see. And something that I've been meaning to see for a while. Like I've heard great things about it. Yeah, I've heard this one. But it was on those lists of like best car chases or best car chase movies or best car movies or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be next Friday. It'll be episode 101 as we break off to use comedy bang bang parlance break off a new hundo with episode 101 Mm. but yeah we're coming down the end of the lap i mean this month june we are going to be recording our intro interview not our exit interview but our intro interview with nico and kevo to put on the uh the tune-up relap recap to see what they know or what they think they know about the franchise before they join us for all next lap but like that's coming up soon we don't have that much more runway this lap that's crazy i mean and we've done so many so it feels weird it does feel like this has been going on forever but it feels like i don't want it to end because there's so many more that i want to do but we got more laps we got nothing but time we got nothing but time brother that's for sure for all things too fast too forever you go to cageclub.me facebook.com slash too fast too forever or at too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cageclub.me. Come back on Tuesday for our 100th episode spectacular. Check out TooFast2Forever.com for our Patreon and just, you know, send us a note, family at cageclub.me and say hi. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace Peace out, out, you anus peacers.